everybody, this is uh, Bevel, also known as Tomas, and welcome to the Movies on the Rocks podcast with what is now, what I've referred to, I don't know if the boys like it, the Motor Boys, oh, <laughs> M-O-T-R. Man. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, all about the abbreviations. What? It's so stupid. I know, but I like it. I think it's funny. It's ironic. It's it's catchy. Hey, it's good catchy. for the merch. We can't get that for the merch. Whenever whenever we decide to make merch, it's good the for merch. the merch. <laughs> Motor boys. As, as always. Oh wow. Um, as always, the motor. I was gonna say the motorboard boys, but I I didn't think it was gonna work. Anyways, so um, um God. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, but as always, start here. <laughs> It's good. We're great. No, as always, this this um this the person speaking right now is uh, Tomas, also known as Bebo. Um, on the on on the on the uh, on the show today, we have Derek. As always, I, I don't know if I'm even here, man. But uh, hey, <laughs> are you what are you are you studying esoteric Buddhism? Is that what it is? Nothing's real. Nothing is really what it's been. <laughs> okay, and as always, my brother Goody. Hey, that's me. All right, and Goody. So, El Goody, before we get kicking, kicking live and in charge on this, um, everybody has a drink in their hands, as always, every week. Yes, sir. Indeed. That All I right, do. So, Goody, what are you drinking this week, Goody? Well, I decided to have, well, I think it's a pretty normal thing now, rum and coke. Uh, this time, it's specifically the uh, eight-year-old Bacardi, and I decided to dress it up a little bit with the coke, uh, one of the um, nice... Mexican Coca-Colas, the ones that are like, not with corn syrup, of course. It's the actual real cane sugar. Yeah, 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 cane sugar. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Fancy it up a little bit more. (sighs) You you can almost get high off of that sugar, dude. That's so serious. Delicious. The medio litro or whatever they call it. Yeah, whatever. It's that glass bottle. Mm. (laughs) Derek, what what do we have this week for libations? So I decided to go uh, basic, lightweight, and uh, what's another word for uh, unable to hold alcohol? Weak. There you go. Mike's Hard Lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yay. Yeah, that's like uh, uh, juice. (laughs) All right. I mean, it's hard (laughs) to get liquor where I'm at, dude. Like, I can't even get, like, there aren't even liquor stores near me. Why? Yeah, it's one of those you, dry counties. Oh, do you things. live? Oh, you live like in nineteen um, twenty-two? Is that where you live? <laughs> no, it is. Yeah, prohibition. Now. It just never ended here. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, by the way, disclaimer: just already, um, I am not an American history guy. So if someone says, "Well, prohibition is until after twenty-two, um, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't You're know. You're wrong. A joke. We hate you now. Awesome. Uh, you're a terrible person. That sounds about right. Yay. (laughs) So um, I guess before we dive in, general disclaimer, uh, yes, we're drinking. We're going to say some things. We hope that we don't offend anyone. But if we do, we apologize. Um, We're open to critical feedback. Send us a message. We'd love to hear what you think. And uh, if you live somewhere that doesn't allow alcohol, don't drink. And if you're uh, too young, wherever you live, don't drink either. Just, uh, I don't know, sip on some water. I'm sure that's legal everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that works. That works. Anything else, guys, you want to say? You're good. No. 
I'm off. I'm, I'm off. Let's this thing off. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's let's kick this shit in high gear. Oh, I forgot to say, I'm drinking as always right now because I'm just trying to kill this fucking bottle. Is a bottle is a Kraken and some Coke Zero, like I always trying to watch my figure. Dude, you've um, been hitting that one for a while, man. I know. It's only me drinking it. So that's, I mean, it's gonna be my shit for a long time. All right, so we're gonna have to start recording daily. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But you know, it's it's always good to have a nice drink. Once a week, at least once every two weeks since we're recording. So it's, it's actually working out for me real well. I'll tell you that right now. Um, gives me a reason to drink. But uh, in any case. Um, Man, it's Corona. We don't need an excuse. Exactly. So to start it off, guys, what we're going to be doing is, we're like always, we're going to have the news and then we're going to talk about the movie. But now in between the news and the movie, we're going to have what's called, what we're going to be calling a refill. So it's just going to be a time for us to get up and, you know. Do whatever we need to do, come back with a refill, and then we'll get started. So there might be a s- small little break in there. I'm going to try so I can find some stupid shit, shitty little music for it. Um, I want to anyway, hear like elevator music. Like I, I, I got to look for it. I'm sure there's got to be something in the free music archive. There has to be. <laughs> there has to be. Because that's where I got the news music from, guys, from the free music archive. So there's got to be elevator music. Um, I, I appreciate but- it. I appreciate it. I, I <laughs> almost wish that... Uh, that you'd given a more in-depth explanation because refill, I didn't know what you meant, man. And I appreciate you going through it. I'm trying. I'm trying. And this is for people at home. If they want to get a refill while they're listening to us, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Trying to, I'm trying to, trying to help the people because this is a podcast for the people. Some of you that are, uh, you know, sprint uh, drinkers, uh, maybe you need to pause now and refill. (laughs) We're only three minutes in, but uh, feel free. Feel free. Feel free. Um, on, another, on, a, on another note, um, there was something I was going to talk about. Oh, <laughs> um, just just for the for the sake of uh, understanding that. So we're going to do the refill. We're going to do the movie. Um, and and there was something I was going to say. And honestly, I just lost it. So anyways, uh, as we always say, as I say every week, we're going to go to the news desk with Raphael Burial. Take it away, Raphael. Why, hello, hello, hello. Now, um, welcome to the news of the week, the two weeks, the day, whatever. So, uh, first on the docket, I'm actually, um, as a little bit unlike my um, my normal routine, uh, I think this week it's going to be a little bit light on the video game-age and more heavy on the movie-age. So, uh, what I'm going to start with, um, something that's kind of near and dear to me, is because uh, it has to do with the Back to the Future trilogy. I don't know if you guys have seen this lately in the news, now, the news of today, meaning today, uh, May 21st, but um, one thing that's happened is that Netflix has apparently censored, uh, edited a scene from Back to the Future 2. That if I you saw that. Only watch saw it, that. You only watch it off of Netflix, you are going to be missing out on like two entire lines spoken by Marty McFly during, in Back to the Future 2. No, um, say it so good. Say I know, so. I know. Well, there's been a bit of a fan backlash because people are saying stuff like, "Oh, this is why I only get, I always get the you know, other media. I don't, I don't, you know, I still buy physical media and not get it from uh, Netflix only." But uh, yeah, apparently, if you're, you know, if you don't know what's going on or what, how this happened, apparently, uh, in Back to the Future Part Two, it's in when Marty goes back to the 1950s to try to steal back that kind of sports almanac thing that old Biff stole to give it to his younger self so that young Biff can get rich or whatever and change his life in the future, blah, 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 whatever. 
Uh, when Marty's trying to get that back, uh, it's the scene when uh, it's they're kind of like redoing the scene from the first movie. Right, the enchantment of the sea dance. I love Back to the Trilogy, by the way. I love that trilogy. It's one of my favorite trilogies. Um, and uh, even more, I would actually, I would have to argue, um, even more so than I love Star Wars. I love those movies a lot. Oh no, you I know. Kenny? But you know, are you here, serious? Okay, wait. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. <laughs> oh, I think God. it's because here we go. It's because there's because there's so much Star Wars, but it's like it's it's beyond just that trilogy. But Back to the Future is just that trilogy. So it's like it's. It's concentrated, it's beginning, middle, end, and it's done. And there's all the media too. Like there was a Telltale Games made a Back to the Future game. It was like a sequel to the movies, which I actually- cartoon. There was a cartoon series. There was a comic book run as well. So I get all that. But still, there's not a whole lot of Back to the Future stuff out there. Um, And so for Star Wars, it's like, what's your favorite movie trilogy? Well, Star Wars is so much bigger than that and so much interconnectedness with so many different properties in the franchise, but it's like, no, there's a, there's the star Wars saga. There's not like a particular trilogy, you know, I, and it's how I, how I feel about it anyway, whatever the point is in the scene when they're at the dance. All right. Uh, and he has to get the sport, sports almanac and, you know, steal it back from the, from Biff at the dance. Uh, there's the entire scene where he, uh, or the principal in the fifties takes it to his office and puts it in the trash. And then Marty has to sneak into the office um, to get the the magazine back. Well, apparently, this in, in the original scene, um, Netflix cuts out the entire part where Marty is in the office and gets the magazine cover discovery and two lines from it. I mean, a- and apparently, it was not done very well either. Like they cut out the scene, and viewers feel it wasn't even done very well at all. So uh, it's one of those things where people just kind of one more way people feel like. These services are censoring, you know, classic films for things that are not even all that big of a deal. Like Netflix has stuff yeah. on their on their channel far worse than anything you saw in that scene, uh, which was just Marty looking at a cover of like an adult magazine, you know, from the fifties style. So it's not even all that racy uh, by our standards, anyway. Um, and yet Netflix has things like, you know, well, like Altered Carbon, right? That's Netflix. And there's yeah. like lots, there's tons of nudity and gore in that whole series. And yet none of that's censored, but they're going to censor that one little part there. Um, and like, also not done very well. You know, what's funny is that um, I read about that today. And, and, um, and just so you know, I, I've received an update from the news desk. Goody. They actually, um, they actually, actually uh, changed it. They actually put in the original version. So it's back. Wow. So the fan backlash was that sudden and that Yeah. Oh, no. oh that yeah. Quick. They fixed that they, they decided it. they fixed it. Okay. They fixed it. Uh, yeah, they it looks like they only that only got rolled out what two hours ago, something like that. Yeah. I see. It's it's pretty recent, but I think it's I think it's funny how you know they decide to edit something that's that's really not all that big a There's deal. No I mean, I mean, it's, been it's around. not like it's been this is being hosted on Disney Plus or something, right? And and it's been around for thirty years, so it's not like as if 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 you're around the age of where this movie, you know, where you're gonna be at, which is honestly, you could be nine, ten years old watching this movie. Chances are, if you own the movie, you've had your kids watch it already. You know. Well, and I just think about like 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 Bebo said there. You know, there's not there's not a uh, you know lack of other explicit content on Netflix. Granted, there's no I would call actual porn. But there's plenty of nudity, and it's not even hard to find, you know? 
I mean, there's even worse. I mean, there's stuff that seems that's 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 unrated. I mean, there's like there's the there's that that series of movies, uh, Nymphomaniac. I mean, that's that those movies mm-hmm. are yeah out yep. of control. I feel like the Netflix it, series or something. No, it's it's a it's two movies that were directed by Lars von Trier that came out about oh man like like five six seven years ago, and and I mean it's it's a. Uh, it stars. I forgot who the, the lady stars, but it, she's a British actress. She's pretty well known, but she plays literally a nymphomaniac. So the entire movie, she's going around having sex with all these people, and not just regular. I'm talking. She's going nuts. So sex, like it's crazy what she's doing the entire movie. And they just, it was so crazy. They had to, they had to split up into two parts. It was like a four hour long movie, and you had to split it up into two because the the censors were going crazy, and so they made it NC seventeen, but it's still. Considered like uh, like an independent like like classic in regards to what he did for that movie, it was crazy. It just seems I mean, to I didn't me watch like it. I they watched would some be of able the movie to, to me. It just seems like they would be able to, you know, either like they do on everything you start on the top left. It says this could include you know sexual violence or violence or I've even said it said smoking like cigarette smoking and that's listed there. Tobacco sure. descriptions or des- depictions of tobacco. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you want to put that at the beginning of the film, fair game. Do it all day long. If you want to like create some type of uh, rating limit, maybe maybe my kid's account can't view this film because of X, Y, and Z. Sure. Whatever. But don't edit the original, right? If I want to watch it, I want to watch unedited what I grew up with, what I had. And I feel the same way about Star Wars for that matter. Uh, Derek looks like he wants to fight somebody, Goody. Uh, I, don't know. I mean, I guess I'm, he wants to fight George Lucas. Don't get me wrong; there are lots of people who want to do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight him outright, but I would say that if you want to make an edit, I don't care. Release an edit, but don't take away the original. Don't stop printing it. I mean, there's people who have like had to convert VHS to digital just to preserve that copy because it was only ever released in digital or and in VHS. Yeah, no, we have it actually at my mom's house. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What was that? I think that was his dogs. Nice. nice. Yeah, great, right? <laughs> that'll that'll work that'll work real well with the edit. Awesome. I'm keeping that in, by the way. Oh We're god, here we shit. go. Hell yeah, Elias! Yeah. Shout out to Elias. Elias. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Anyways, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean. I mean, just because we're speaking, because you're speaking about it, might as well bring it up. I mean, if you guys haven't known, I mean, anybody worth their salt in the nerddom doesn't know. But if you're listening to this and you don't really know about the situation, what we're referencing and we're talking about George Lucas is because in 97 or 97, right? Or 90, what was it? 97 when he came out with the, uh, the re-edits of uh, episode four. The point is Han shot first. That's yes. All Han, you need to know. Yes, exactly. The, he, he, the way that they, he added scenes that he couldn't do previously because of technology in 75 or 77, sorry, 77. So he, with, with the technology that he had now, he decided to re-release the movies the way he quote unquote wanted them. And it changed quite a bit. Like you said, Han shot first. He had a scene with Jabba, which previously Jabba was filmed by some dude looked like he was a reject from a barbarian movie. I mean, it was just, it was bad. It was well, bad. I can see the reason why. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, my to your, I I had no problem with the uh, the edits because I didn't. Cos- no, the, I didn't either. I'm just saying this is the, the reason why we're talking about. Why we well, mentioned the, yeah, the cosmetic the, the cosmetic edits, I was actually really great with. 
Like I like the fact that he made the city more busy by adding in CGI things yeah. here and there because and it looked more bustling. Yeah, but then, animals and yeah, everything. Yeah, and that was that was cool. And adding in Jabba the Hutt, that was neat. Whatever, I like that. That was great. But yeah, the problem though, the issue, you know, Derek, that you're talking about, yeah, the Han shot first thing. Yeah, because that's that becomes a whole change in who the character is at that point. I'm okay with Han being a scoundrel and a smuggler. Um, and shooting the bounty hunter that's going after Greedo first because that's how he is. That's, I'm okay with that. And then the guy has like the story arc. You don't have to make him like a white knight, you know, golden boy, good guy from the beginning. Let him get there like he does in the movie originally. So I was, you know, that's why I kind of felt like. I mean, I said, the cosmetics don't be wrong. Good. I like that's, the why, cosmetics that's, why, that's why I like, yeah, I like Han, shot, Han shot first. Han should have stayed shooting first. And I and honestly, I'm okay with the last scene in Jedi when you see Anakin Skywalker. I'm okay with Hayden Christensen showing up there because I'm okay with him being there at the end instead of David Prowse. Honestly, I'm okay with that. You see, so I, I take it. Fight me on that, Derek. Fight me on that. No, no, no. So, so hold on. All of the CG edits, Han shooting first versus Greedo shooting first. Jabba and where Han walks over his tail and it doesn't look realistic. I know. I love that though. All of those things are fine. George Lucas wrote it. You know, he, he, he directed it. It was his thing. He could do whatever he wants, but you don't get to erase history and act like the first cut didn't happen. I should be able to buy the first cut forever. And if you want to make like a, a Lucas release version, then do it. That's fine. I don't care. But I need to know that I'm going to be able to get the one that I want to watch, right? You can't act like it didn't happen. Well, I mean, there have been rumors for a while, ever since Disney bought them, that they were going to release the original theatrical versions of the movies that were released on VHS. The problem is, is that supposedly there's another rumor that says the whole point that of Disney purchasing them he had a stipulation in the agreement that says, now this, like I said, it's a rumor. It's not like I was in the room when they were doing the whole buyout scene. But there's a rumor that says that Disney, even though Disney now owns everything in regards to Lucasfilm, all the properties, that be, the, the, in the agreement, they're not allowed to release the original theatrical versions in any way, shape, or form. Lucas would do some shit like that. It just, I mean, he, it's just kind of, uh, I, I don't know. It, it's well, hard to love a series so much and have such a strong delta in opinion between its creator, you know? I know. Well, I guess it goes down to the new version or the newer version, not new anymore. Um, but the newer version is the actual artist's vision. And he gets to do whatever he wants with it. And if you don't like that, you know, that that's too bad because that's not what he originally intended. He's what he had to do. And now I can actually show you what he really intended to do. And to be honest with you, even if you didn't like it, you're still going to be the person that probably bought it. So he got your money anyways. But I mean, think about like, think about like, um, kind of a cynical way of looking at it, but I mean, it's true. What was, gosh, I've already blanked out on the guy's name. The the one that did did the movie we talked about last week, chef. John Favreau. Favreau, Favreau, right? He did chef on a limited budget. And if he wants to, you know, 10 years from now, he's got banking money and he wants to remake it or make it differently or edit it or add something in. It's his creation. I don't care. But it doesn't mean that you get to act like the original didn't happen. You did what you did with what you had at the time. And that's part of the magic. Okay. You win.
Did I actually win you over or did we not want to argue anymore? No, no. I mean, I, I get your point. There, there was no winning me over. I didn't totally, I didn't agree or disagree. I'm actually kind of indifferent about that whole issue. But no, it's it's a good, it's a solid point. I don't, I don't have a way to argue against what you said. You know what? I'm going to argue. Listening, any of the fans out there, if you want to spin your story or 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 you know pitch your perspective and convince me otherwise, I'm open. I'd love to hear it. But you got to give me a good argument. None of this. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is what it is because it's what it is. No, no, no. no you're wrong now. Now. No, and, and, and I and I and I hear you, dude. I think I think you're in the sense. I think you're. You guys are right. Uh, in I mean, it's his vision. He's the artist. He's the one who drew it up. He's the one who created the entire universe. So if you want to make changes to the movie and make it to where it's where he wanted to be, I mean, it is what it is. I'm still gonna buy it. I don't care. I mean, that's nitpicking for me. I'm still gonna buy it. I mean, we sat, the, we sat, we bought the tickets when it came out in the theaters in '97. Yeah, he's already got my money five times over. Yeah, now. He's, yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. So, I mean, I'm gonna still sit and watch it because who's not gonna want to watch Star Wars? Who's not gonna want to? Yeah, with the changes, I get it. But who's not gonna want to watch that? I mean, shit. I have the movies on digital. I bought the movies on digital. I bought them on Blu-ray. I bought them on DVD. You know, I bought them on VHS. It doesn't matter to me. I'm gonna buy them no matter what. I mean, those are those things that you have to think about because, in in regards to the whole universe, I love it. There's episode, there's parts of Star Trek. Of Star Trek, I don't like. I'm not a Trekkie by any means, but I like Star Trek. I like science fiction. I like fantasy. So there's shit from Star Trek I don't like. Like if you tell me I'm gonna die if I don't watch Star Trek four, <laughs> or I'm gonna die if I'm gonna watch episode two, I'm gonna watch episode two. I'm not going to watch Star Trek Well, I don't give a uh, shit about the wins. Before so, we get down I, the path of Trek versus the wars, which no, no. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I'm even brave enough to have that conversation. No, we're not having that conversation, no. I will say that if that is, is false and that Disney can release the original remastered in for you know 4K or 1080 or whatever, the they'll take my money again and I will give it to them willingly. But yes. Oh. All the same. Goody, what what's what's next on the list, man? What's next on the topic, my friend. Star Wars wasn't even on the news. No. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. But next uh well, you know, that's how we do that's how we do things here. That's cool. <laughs> I like it. Uh next on the list. All right. Um actually, Bebel, you're gonna be pleased about this because I decided I was gonna wait to the end to do this, but I'm like Nah, nah, let's uh let's do it now. I have a couple other things to to mention, but let's talk about this now. So as it was um announced uh, the HBO Max uh, service is going to be released, announced that they're going to release the Snyder Cut of uh, Justice League, the Justice League movie. Woo, uh, it's yeah. about, uh, it's probably not going to come out, well, the estimate is that it's not gonna, probably not going to come out until 2021 anyway, but that finally this rumored and then confirmed and then rumored, whatever, Snyder Cut, about four hour long Justice League movie um, that uh, Zack Snyder uh, cut together made before he had to leave the um the movie for the production for family problems family issues um before it was taken over by by joss whedon is finally going to see the light of day and people are going to be able to watch it and uh by all accounts if it's anything like snyder's other work it's of course going to be a bit gloomier than uh what people ended up watching in theaters when they saw the uh, original uh justice league film Dude, I'm I'm so, just so everyone knows, Derek and myself, uh, we work for the parent company of HBO Max. 
Um, it just depends on which parent company you're talking about. You know, you, you get a 50-50 shot of who are figuring that out. But we work for the company, and it's all over our news. Everything happened to do with HBO Max, including this. I mean, it came out in our insider emails. And, I mean, from the rumors that I've heard, and Goody, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, yeah, Goody said it's four hours long. It's it's supposedly around 250-plus minutes long. That's his cut. And they're going to be rumored to be punched, you know, to be throwing down anywhere between 20 and $30 million to, to complete the motion picture and post-production on top of that, there's a strong the edit, the the edit hasn't been done. Right. So they've still got to pay to produce this. Like it's not a vault finished. No, 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 no. They're paying for it because Snyder himself is going to get the old footage and he's going to complete, finish all the post-production for the old footage that he had. Like he's he's going back into the room, getting back to editing, going to be finishing it up, so that uh, himself doing it. So yeah, it, it's and, going to be a full fledged movie. It's going to be a full fledged movie. And there's a, there's even a strong possibility they may have to reshoot some scenes too. I mean, uh, it's yeah. kind of interesting because I mean I'm sure everybody who's listening or has any interest in movies, it's all in the edit, right? You can retell an entire story based on how it's edited together, right? I mean, from your tone, your color scoring, and how you sequence the lines, we're talking about an entirely different story potentially. And I don't know if he'll go that far, but I'm interested in seeing what his take is. Well, I mean, the, I mean, I know from the rumors that I've read, and Goody correct me if I'm wrong, the rumors that I've read, I mean, this is going to be a like a totally different story, like a totally different feel. You're going to get black suit Superman. On top of that, you're going to get Dark Side, an extended version of Dark Side, which is what it was supposed to lead into. You know what I mean? You're going to supposedly get possibly the Lantern Corps show up, maybe. I mean, there's been rumors that the Lantern Corps was a part of the original script. I mean, there's there. I mean, there's a whole mess of different information that's out there right now. That's just rumors, of course. But I mean, if it's anything like his previous Snyder cuts, like I have the Snyder cut for BVS, and it's head and shoulders a better motion picture than the original theatrical version. There's more character growth in that one. BVS meaning Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman. I yeah. apologize. Okay. Yes. So I, I mean, I don't know if bit. you guys have ever seen the director's cut of BVS. Never. Have you ever Never. Seen it? Never. Okay. Have no, you? No. Okay. So there's literally like an additional twenty to thirty minutes of that movie. I mean, and it's a lot better. Like there are scenes that yeah, you Yeah, I was going to ask, now. does it make it any good? Because I really didn't enjoy the first one. <laughs> no, yeah, I know, I know. It makes it better. There's there's, there's more scenes that have been fleshed out. You know what I mean? That, you know, like if you watch the original, like there's a scene where, okay, so there's a, there's a, there's a scene in the movie where you have that lady who's a whistleblower for, um, for Luther Corps. You know who I'm talking about? No, mm, vaguely. She's like, she's like a whistleblower for Luther Corp. And so there's a scene where she's on the bus and she's coming home and, and, uh, and she sees somebody in her home and she doesn't, she keeps going. She doesn't get off the bus. There's another scene where, I mean, there's all this extra stuff. Like there's even scenes with, you know, there's a scene, there's a, in the original, there's a scene where Clark Kent is going to Gotham for something. He's going to Gotham City for something. They actually show him in Gotham. Like he goes to Gotham City to interview that same lady who was the Luther Corp whistleblower. I mean, there's more scenes. There's more weight to what's happening. In, and it just feels more fleshed out. So it just makes, trying to makes me understand, like, why was it not in the theatrical version? Was he had, did he have to be pinned down to a specific timetable? Well, I mean, I mean one of the things it's talked about is that the fact that like he had this this epic cut right that we're gonna eventually see, but 
he had to whittle it down to like two, two and a half hours. Um, and then after that was screened, the like production or the company was like, nah, we don't really like that. We're gonna have to do some more work on it before we release it to the public. But then of course, you know, what happened to his family? Uh, and so we had to leave the production. And then that's when they brought in Joss Whedon, who apparently, uh, it, well, not apparently, he is. I mean, knowing his previous work from like Avengers and Marvel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer before that and everything, he is a very different tone and a very different style from the Snyder. Not bad, not better or worse, just, at least in my opinion, just very different. So you can see why this movie, when you see the Snyder cut, it's going to be a very different movie than what you saw in the theaters after, you know, Joss Whedon took over. And, and, and you know, and to, to Joss Whedon's defense, I mean, when he took over, I mean, it, the movie was about like 60 to 70% done. Well, it looks like the movie was actually done. Like they had a cut, already a two and a half hour line movie cut, two and a half hour minute cut. So like, you know, it was done and they basically had to, it's almost like, it was almost from the ground up. Like, uh, well, there was a famous, there was a famous quote Zack Snyder said um, to the Hollywood Reporter that just going by what he was told about the Whedon cut, uh, that he told basically Hollywood Reporter that, oh, you have probably saw in that movie and again, he, he didn't really, that was from his perspective of someone that hadn't seen it, but that basically that he said you maybe saw like a quarter of what he actually did. Like only about a quarter of what he actually did was in the final, you know, theatrical released movie. So take that yeah. however you will. Yeah. I don't know how, how, I guess I just don't see how much, because we haven't seen this, this new one here. We, we don't really know how much of his, his vision leaked into the final product. Right. And so I don't know, I, I guess I'll reserve my opinion for whenever it comes out. Hopefully it's not uh, the same because I didn't particularly enjoy I the mean, first one. I mean, basically, I mean, everything you saw in the, in the first trailer is him because he left, you know, not too long after that. And so then he, you know, then, you know, then there's a lot, then some other stuff near the end is mostly, you know, like, like that scene at the end of the movie where, um, uh, Flash and uh, Cyborg, like you know, dab it out with a fist, <laughs> fist dab. That's yeah. total Joss Whedon, and some of the some of the jokes are are completely Joss Whedon. I mean, you can tell, but but I mean, but uh, and there's there's still quite a bit of the movie that's not him. But the problem was is that it just did, it felt clunky because you didn't have what he wanted, which was Dark Side. And if you look at the poster that came out, I mean. He's there. He's on the poster. The, the 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 images that have been released, you know, of the Snyder cut. I mean, he's he's big and bad right there in the background. I mean, Dark Side's there. Yeah, and that, and so and he was supposed to be there, Thanos, obviously, right? Yeah. Um well, for I mean, this he is, whole if you thing. think about it, he is DC Thanos. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, and and it never never came to fruition, and it probably will never come to fruition at this point because um DC's take or the whole extended universe idea they had i'm not even sure where it's at at this point or, or i don't even know if they're going to be going ahead with that probably not i think they're just going to go back to doing like singular stories rather than trying to make any kind of connected universe especially considering there's that you know that new um the batman movie well, robert he- pattinson which looks pretty cool by the way but oh, anyway no, yeah. but it's still like it's it's they're just going singular stories and they're not going to be really all that interconnected anymore although i don't know like the teen titans tv show was supposed to be part of that universe the the yeah. live action one that, was, that obviously had a much grittier, darker edge to it than, say, any of the animated stuff that has been out. But 
Um, I mean, so, but it's, so it's, it's going to be very different. But yeah, well, I mean, to your point, Derek, like, like it's a four hour movie now. So it's, I could, I could imagine going by what he said, Tyler reporter, you see maybe one fourth of my film in the, in the, the final Whedon cut, um, the, the theatrical release. Uh, it's, it's going to be a very different movie. It sounds like it's going to be a completely different movie, practically, uh, a much darker, uh, much more muted in its palette, apparently in the colors, uh, the, you know, it's going to be a Snyder styled film. So, um, you know, there it is. It's going to, it's going to be a different movie. It seems like it. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a possibility that they may even split it up like a, like as if it's like a limited series kind of thing where you're going to have an episode a week of the justice league movie you know what i mean like it's one of yeah. those things what there's a there's a possibility they might do that on hbo max just like they do with the other movies on netflix and disney plus and all those other streaming services they may make it like a limited series because it's so big huh well i mean well, there's there's uh that's just, that's there's a lot of potential you know, here there's a lot of potential yeah but i'm like why though because it's it's a home streaming service like it's one long movie you get to pause it and go to the bathroom if you need to no, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I would rather watch the whole thing the whole way out. So, who knows? I have no idea. I'm just saying they, they, that was just what people were talking about. What because it's so long, they may split it. Who knows? It's just they were just talking about different options that might happen. We never, we we won't know until it comes out how it's going to come out and how long it's going to be. But all we know is that there, he's already said he's hiring back the exact same crew for post production that he that they had for the Justice League movie. Yeah, it's gonna be effects and scoring and everything, like the music, everything. everything. Yeah, and then yeah, they have to re-record dialogue. Uh, They have to have some of the the stars come back and re-record their dialogue if they need to. Yeah, you said it like you said they're they're dropping like twenty, thirty million dollars on this thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I mean, I mean, AT&T is going to be doing it. They're going to be Warner Media is going to be putting their money where their mouth is in regards to this movie because there's been such a fervor for it. I mean, he released it because he had his Man of Steel Twitter watch party the other day. That's when he announced it. So I mean, it was. It was crazy, you know what I mean. So I I'm mean, I, I can't see how wait. far that budget will go. I mean, even forty million dollars is—I mean, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong; I'd be happy somebody give me forty million dollars at any any point in my life. But uh, is that is that enough to to get the project to a you know a polished gem, a releasable product? You know. Well, I, I think it's. I I would hope so, considering that like the movie is shot, like all that's shot already, so that's all part of it. It is all post-production stuff, but it's funny that it's like, let's going to spend, we're going to spend what could be the entire budget of a film on the post-production of a re-release of a film, which I think is kind of interesting. But, hey, maybe they'll actually pay the VFX artists what they're deserving, you know, versus uh, what they do uh, lately. Artists? No. Forget those guys. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Come on. All, all right. right. Is, what's, what's the next, what's the next one on the characters. Pocket? All right. <laughs> um, well, all right. Uh, as, as a kind of like a cross hybrid of comic book, basically everything that I love and you guys love, comic book, video games, all that stuff, superhero, uh, Edgar Wright announced the that they are going to re-release, supposedly in August, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is going to return uh, oh, I can't wait. for a theatrical yeah, release buddy. for a tenth, a tenth anniversary celebration in August, apparently. Edgar Wright himself tweeting that out. Yeah, well, he had that Twitter watch party yesterday on it, dude. It was awesome. Yep, and they, all that. So it's going to definitely now. It's going to be interesting how that happens now in this uh, time and theater reopenings of the COVID nineteen. But um, Wright is promising it's going to be soon. So hopefully that. And also on top of that, uh, people have been on top of also saying that they want a re release of the Scott Pilgrim versus the World video game 
that came out years ago for PS3. It was like a side scroller, you know, beat 'em up kind of like Final Fight style game, but using the art style of the comic books and all that. A very cool game, a lot of fun. I, I loved it when I played it. It's very, you know, it's a nice little if, if you like that genre, especially of game. But that game has been like pulled from digital storefronts for a couple years now already. Like you cannot get it um, anywhere. Uh, whether it because of licensing or I mean, who knows what it might be, what the reasons were. It's kind of all it's all very murky. Uh, but Edgar Wright even threw in his own kind of like two cents on that with his own little hashtag about, yeah, to re-release the video game as well. Um, and so it looks, and then I think in response to that, I believe it was Ubisoft had kind of like re- responded to that with a little like uh, emoji, like, like, like scratching its chin, which could seem like they're almost, they're kind of confirming that, yeah, they're planning on doing the same thing and re-releasing the game finally. Who knows? Nice. But yeah, I love Scott Pilgrim. I love that movie. So I when I saw it, it good, totally blew me away. It was so effective at giving you a, 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 an entertaining experience that was both a movie and a comic book. And it was so enjoyable. And a video game. And a video game. Yeah, exactly. It, I, I just, man, I'm down. It I'm was, so down. I, I mean, it. I think that movie honestly was ahead of its time. Because it just it did not do well because people just did not understand. Well, the movie is very or, niche. Like you watch yeah. that film, and it—I I mean, I, I even I will admit it—it it is not for everybody. It is not it for is everyone not, at no. all. But what it for the people that it is for, it does it phenom- like amazingly well. It is—I oh, just love that film. Oh my god! I yeah, can't get dude. enough of it. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah it was it was crazy man i was like i remember when i was watching it, man i was laughing out loud when i was watching i was like oh man this movie's so good why did it not do well because <laughs> it's niche it's, That's what it is. it's super niche it's super it was niche. before michael Sarah was big i bet uh, no <laughs> i don't think he's even big now so <laughs> yeah but i think people actually knew who he was after super bad right yeah they knew no it was this was after super bad dude Oh, was it? Yeah. Maybe that's how it did so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was after Superbad, dude. And it honestly didn't do well because, they, like Goody says, it's a niche movie, man. It's super niche because you have a lot of video game references. You have a lot of comic book references. I mean, it's like, especially like when they, when he beats them, they turn into coins. I mean, no one who doesn't, who doesn't, who understands video games understands that. If they don't watch, they you don't mean, play video. There are people who have that. never played Mario. Who knows, dude? Who knows? But there's people that it just didn't. It just didn't. It apparently it fell flat for them. I mean, there's so and there's so many people in that movie, which is amazing. I mean, there's Chris Evans pre Captain America. There's Brandon Routh. I mean, there's Brie Larson's in the movie. Brie Larson, Aubrey Plaza, yeah, um, Kieran Culkin, uh, Elizabeth Winstead. I think her name I is. Mean, yeah, yeah, Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Elizabeth uh god who else i mean i mean jason there's so many jason schwartzman yep. uh let's see um there's there's a there's a ton yeah of it's, it's a lot of a lot of people and it's and it's so smartly written and so well shot it's just i love that movie i, I mean, oh. edgar wright edgar wright is a genius in his own right dude because i mean i don't think i've ever seen a bad movie from him i mean every movie he does is so good i mean when from Baby Driver to Hot Fuzz to At World's End. Kind of makes you wonder what his Ant-Man would have been, huh? I know. Well, I mean, they did use a lot of his stuff, though. We'll never know that, Bevel. Oh, no, he we'll never it. know that for he certain. Said they said it. He said it. But we <laughs> don't ever know that. Real. He was listed, he was listed as a... Bevel, what a, is real? 
What is real? I don't know. It's esoteric Buddhism. You're not real. What is oh real? All in my mind. All right. Next. All in my mind. All right. Um, okay. I got one. I got one. I got one. Whoa, I got whoa, one. Whoa. Well, one more for you, Bebel, and then, then I'm done. No, and this will be really quick because I said I'd throw in one video game in there. I don't know if you guys saw the announcement, some of the gameplay trailer of Ghosts of Tsushima. All right, that's going to be coming out. It's considered one of the, the like, like one of the. I haven't seen that trailer, but I've seen the the previous trailer. Oh no, you got to watch it. The gameplay trailer. It is something that you would definitely love. Um, it is Ghosts of Tsushima. It is excellent. It looks really, really good. It. Some people are calling it um, the Assassin's Creed taking place in feudal Japan that fans have always wanted and have yet to get. Um, it is one of those games that is very clearly the makers of the game. Uh, we're trying to evoke uh, Kurosawa's films uh, very much to the point where you can play the game in black and white and you can play the game oh, and it'll be dude. like playing. Are you serious, really? Yeah. Yeah. You, you can, you can switch it. It's a setting oh. where you can make it and, and it even changes the grain of the image a little bit. The, the, the smoke is smokier. Like it looks like you're watching, like you're playing a Kurosawa film. Um, it looks, looks pretty cool. You've made my heart happy. I know I have. I know I have. I know you'd love that. So yeah, to, so be able to play that game. Obviously, I mean, I, I guess they have a, they may have a version of it's dubs, but why would you do that? Play it with subs, uh, and you'll be playing. And, and just the action—if you watch it and the way the the gameplay looks—it looks like it. They have all the movements down just right. And what's great about the game, which I love, is obviously you play a samurai, but there's two paths. And I love how they did not—they um, didn't. It's it's a, it's the company Sucker Punch is making it. Um, they the guys that made uh, I think Sly Cooper way back when. Um, but they, and actually the maker of the game said that he, uh, was inspired because after he made the Sly Cooper, Sly Cooper game, he was inspired by, uh, reading the Usagi Ojimbo, uh, comics. Oh, oh dude. Yeah. Talk yes. about a good reference. You are totally like killing me here, Goody. And so he was inspired by the comics and he's like, well, obviously I'm not, I'm not going to make an anthropomorphic rabbit because I did that already with Sly Cooper, but the spirit of it is there, the spirit of the genre, the spirit of the look. And then, of course, he's like, let's just do this as a video game. Oh, Kurosawa, yes. All that stuff mixed up in there. It's going to be, it looks really, really, really good. And what I liked about it, like I was going to, what, what I kind of like forgot, but I'll mention right now is the fact that you can play it two ways. You can play it, and they actually call it this, Heroic Samurai, all right, which is you go in there with your sword and you do full frontal attacking, you know, parrying, all that stuff. Or, which is great, you can do it stealthy, but they call that Dishonorable Ghost. So like they, they the, the language of it already makes it seem like you're not that good of a guy if you're doing things stealthy in this game because that's not what the samurai would like. Like the samurai wouldn't have wanted to do things stealthily, no, apparently. Not even, not even close. So not it's funny close. how they did that, like heroic samurai or dishonorable ghost. And that's really funny how they did that. But yeah, it's it looks like and it's apparently it's like people are kind of calling it like the 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 swan song for the PlayStation 4 because it's I believe, yeah, it's gonna be a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it looks really, really good. You definitely, if you haven't checked out the gameplay footage of it, uh, where you're talking about different features of it, you got to check it out. I mean, there's a lot of interesting mechanics that they've done in that game, which, like I said, for, like I said, people are saying it, it's the Assassin's Creed in Feudal Japan that people are hoping for to get this one, but then they got Valhalla instead. And then people are still waiting for a Feudal Japan Assassin's Creed. And that this might um, scratch that itch, if that's something that you have. So, yeah. And I'm I'm just seeing hundreds of hours that I can sink into this and I'm only watching the trailer. So I yeah, am dude. down 
For real. For real. I mean, heavy customization as everything else, the character. And one thing they've done is they don't want to like clutter your screen with like waypoints and all that. So they've made things happen that if you want to know where to go next, you they have something like, like, for example, like you don't know where to go next for your main objective. You press a button and you do something and like a wind will kind of blow and kind of direct you of where you need to go. But it won't be like a thing will appear up on your screen as a map and, and they want to make it, make it more immersive that way oh, or if dude. you're like riding along on your horse and there's a point of interest that might be nearby a bird might flutter down and start flying next to you and like if you follow that bird it'll take you to a point of interest which could be a purse with something interesting to say maybe a side quest maybe something to explore it's like a um, or something like that yeah but like guiding you but like nothing overt because they want you to kind of be immersed in that world that way so crazy oh really Dude, I gotta stop watching this trailer. This thing so looks too that. good. I'm so for that, dude. Check out I'm the gameplay. The gameplay looks really I good. I will check out the gameplay trailer later for sure. Um, well, I mean, I ain't got anything, but Derek, you want to talk about something or you're good to go? Man, I know I had something. I, I don't remember what it was. I thought you had one you want to talk through for a second. I, honestly, that Ghost of Tsushima would have been is so much better. I mean, I was going to be talking about Dune, but to be honest with you, I don't think it's even worth it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God! Shizima uh, totally took the thunder, dude. I'm good with that, man. Then well, we I think the- I think um, if anyone hasn't seen it, I've got some high hopes. They've they've released a couple trailers, and I think it's supposed to come out. Gosh, is it today or tomorrow? Um, the new uh, Steve Carell's Space Force show Space Force coming to Netflix. I am very excited for that and uh <laughs> they dropped a new trailer that was the news i was going to mention so that was yeah it. yeah that looks good have you seen the trailer for space force yet no not at all it's it oh, looks dude. it looks hilarious hysterical dude. it looks so funny and and it i just i don't it's just oh my god it's gonna be it's gonna be the president's favorite show 100 <laughs> percent. oh there yeah there you go it's, perfect perfect <laughs> wonderful i can't wait to see his um glowing endorsement on twitter <laughs> exactly exactly all right so um that's the news so far um we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna take our refill um we'll be right back in a moment to uh, discuss the motion picture that is considered by two out of the three people on this show as the greatest christmas movie of all time so i know because i think Derek loves when santa claus comes to town the claymation classic. Uh, we'll talk about it when we get back. <laughs> but anyways, but yeah, so here we go, everybody. If you need to make a refill, you got to do a quote-unquote bio break. It's the time to do it. And um, let's get to it. We are back. Uh, we've gotten the refills. I've got my refill of my Kraken and my Coke Zero. Goody, you got your refill kicking? Yes, yes, I do. Got a nice little refill here again. My Bacardi eight-year-old rum uh, and my cola. Coca-Cola, cherry Coca-Cola. Sorry. No, sorry. just just regular Coca-Cola <laughs> classic. Buddy. For some reason, I thought you were going with, it's in the Coca-Cola. <laughs> in, the, in the cooler, in the cooler. Bacardi Coke. Bacardi Coke. Cool. Cool. Lemonade, buddy. Yeah, I changed up. I got another flavor. Uh, mm. What is this? Tangerine and 
oh, hard adorable. strawberry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's that adorable. is a perfect I mean, word I'm, for it. That's, adorable. That's super cute. I, I thought you were, <laughs> I could say something so horrible right now because <laughs> it's it's tangerine. So is it is is so is oh, the color uh, is the color punani pink? I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what I, what I like what I like is how you you said how you're about to say something bad, and then you go ahead and say the bad thing. So like we are now exposed to it, and there's nothing we can do about it. Thanks and you can't you can't unhear that, by the way. Yeah, now um, it's out in the world. It's been spoken. It's out there. It's, it's as out, soon as I release this, it's going to be in the it's internet. Out in the wild. It's out in the it's wild. Gonna be, it's going to be in in the intro webs. Um, Someone so, is quickly script scri- like writing down edit this minute out. No, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to keep it out there for the world to listen and experience. All right, so as we said, we had our news previously. Now we're going to be doing we're going to be diving into the motion picture known as Die Hard. Oh, a little Max Headroom 80s action there, goody. I like it. I like it. There you go. But um but yeah, so you know, as we've said previously in the previous episodes and this episode, a lot of people call it the greatest Christmas movie of all time, considering it was released in fucking July. It's kind of a strange thing, but hey, it's the summer movie blockbuster, as they say. Uh, During Christmas, that's why it can fit. You yeah, know? you can watch it in Christmas, but it was released in July. Yes, and it takes place during Christmas. Exactly. Setting exactly. is Christmas Eve. Well, I mean, it's, it's not so strange. Because, Are we already uh, jumping into this argument? No, no, no. We're no, there's no argument. I was wrong. It's a Christmas movie. Let it go. That's how it it's works. It's a Christmas movie. But no, what I was going to say is it, it's it's not like as if there's no precedence for it. I don't know if you guys have ever, I mean, good, you've seen it, but uh, Derek, I don't know if you've ever seen the original Miracle on 34th Street. I don't know if I saw the original, but I definitely well, saw one that was pretty old. It was probably- That one, that actually came out in the summer, just as like just like this one. That came out in the summer, but it, it stayed throughout, you know, the year because that's how movies were back in the '30s and '40s. They could they could linger in movie theaters for the rest of the year, and that was one of those movies that just lingered for the rest of the year and ended up still out during Christmas time. So it was just one of those things. But um, but also, I mean, we didn't have the it didn't have as much technology. Even in the '80s, there was more technology than there would be, of course, in the '30s and '40s. That's usually how technology goes. But but there, that there's not a precedent. It's not like there's no precedence of Christmas movie coming out in the summer. There is, but that's neither here nor there. Sorry, tangent created by myself. Loving it. Um, so either way, uh, but as we said, this was a motion picture um, directed by John McTiernan, who had previously directed Predator, um, and it's also another shot. great Christmas film. Another great Christmas film. You know, you ugly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's you. Yes, you want ugly motherfucker. Wow, I love wow. I love how good he's like. Yeah, uh, that's yep. Oh, okay, but of course, of course. Then he makes me say it. I don't get it. I don't I'm not, get it. No one's just, making you do anything, dude. You're the one who's making me say it, dude. Uh, no, not so much. Oh, gosh, not so much. It's okay, dude. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Anyways, but. But yeah, so it's directed by Rob McTiernan, who, who previously directed Predator. Um, it was um, it's, it stars, of course, you know the great, the great Bruce Willis in his second motion picture. Um, it stars, you know, Alan Rickman in his first ever movie role. He was previously just a theater actor, an actor on the stage, um, and it also has you know a whole mess of different people. Like I mean, your quintessential '80s bad guys are in this movie. I mean, it's insane. 
it's insane. I mean, it's just, it's so. They're all like the, nameless German guys or something like yes, that. Yes, nameless, like. nameless German guys. I mean, they have names as characters, but like. So I watched this movie with one of my close friends. And the whole time we're sitting here, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a bad guy because he's foreign. Like, yes, that's characterized yes. it, right? If you've got a foreign accent or a foreign ethnicity or you don't just plain come off as a white guy from America, you're a terrorist, apparently. Yeah, like, apparently, yes. In this movie. <laughs> and, you know, and it's funny because, you know, I mean, we, we, and for, you know, we didn't. We don't really go into too depth and too deep in regards to you know what we know about the movie. But it was funny watching this movie and then also watching that movies that made us. Did you finally watch it, Derek? Oh, dude, I totally forgot. No. Oh, dude, you need to watch it. It's so good. It's so good the way they talk about this movie, uh, right, Goody? I mean, you watched it before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It's dude, really, Derek, really good. You need to watch it. I can't believe. I, you know what? You, can, I'm gonna go ahead and kick you off this call because of that, dude. You know, I'm so disappointed in you, Derek. I, you I understand you're, you're in the right. I, I should not be. Well, wait a second. <laughs> Call, we're not in the same room with each other right now? That's I not know how this that. magic works? This is the magic of the interwebs. Okay. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. You destroyed the illusion. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so for the movie, um, who wants to give a synopsis real quick? Black synopsis. Like all the time. Go ahead. Go, Goody. Oh, me. All right. Okay, cool. So let's see. Uh, so the movie takes place. It's Christmas Eve, 1988. Uh, I'm going to see if I can not pull an Akira here and give you the entire film. Fuck because, you, you know, I understand. We're going to call that. That's going to be the thing now. Work. Pulling an Akira. <laughs> we'll give you the whole so, film. So that was gonna be now. Oh, God, I hate That's you. It. It's, it's right, a go, thing go now. Ahead. Hashtag pulling an Akira. That's what uh, it is. Oh, I hate you. Bye. All right. So anyway, it's uh, Christmas Eve, 1988, uh, and um, Bruce Willis's character is John McClane. He is an NYPD detective, uh, and he flies into Los Angeles. Um, basically, he's trying to get back together with his wife, uh, estranged, whatever you want to call her. Um, and it's going to be, well, his plan is to do so at the kind of like the annual office Christmas party of her employer, of her boss, right? Um, what was, oh yeah, that Nakatomi Corporation, right? Which is kind of funny. Nakatomi! Okay, well, you could do that. Um, And what is funny because like, I think back about that moment, I remember, uh, and I kind of saw this with the other movie, um, when I read the novel, Rising Sun. Rising Sun, yeah. This is about that time when, and I remember even seeing like, I think I have a vague memory, because I haven't looked this up, but I have a vague memory of, I think it was either a Time magazine cover or a Life magazine cover, or Newsweek of like all these skyscrapers with like American skyscrapers supposed to be like with like Japanese flags on them, and it seemed like uh, a lot of Japanese corporations were moving here or buying up stuff here. Uh, it must be more of a West Coast thing, but it just seemed like for a lot of people, it seemed like a lot of things are being bought out or bought up by uh, Japanese corporations. And well, I wonder if that was kind not, of put you're, into you're this. Not, you're, you're not off. You're not off base on it. I think. I think that was part of it. I mean, you know, to give it a bit of a more social understanding, because yeah, I mean, that was the big thing in Rising Sun that you had a Japanese organization that was doing things the way they do in Japan, but it's here in the states. And you know, you just it, yeah, they, they were they, that was the case. I remember because that was in the news also that there were you know people were worried that you know is the U.S. economy being bought up. And going to be switching to more of a Japanese-based economy because there were companies coming to the states and buying up real estate and and 
businesses and and things of that nature. So yeah, no, you're not off base, dude. You're it, it's it's actually a cool touch. I didn't even think about that until now, but you're right. Well, anyway, so he goes to this, and um, so he goes to this this party. He wants to reconcile with his wife. And Elias, I think we just lost Goody. I think he's actually. <laughs> I think he just. Got I was sitting here thinking, like, did it? Really <laughs> I think he just got disconnected. So we're gonna keep going. So he's there with his wife, and he uh, he goes to the organization. He starts talking to her. He's in the bathroom changing, um, and in the process of that, no. Goody, and back? I'm back. Yeah. Good job. You know what happened? <laughs> I clicked mute button real quick. <laughs> oh my god! You know we're keeping this right, so keep going. You knock yourself out. Whatever. Anyway, it's Christmas Eve, nineteen eighty-eight. Um, he's trying to reconcile with his wife at the Christmas party of her boss, which, as I'm sure, is always a great move for people out there to try to reconcile with your estranged spouse at a work event. That's probably a great idea. But anyway, during the course of the party, um. They are attacked by a group of West German radical terrorists led by um, Hans Gruber, uh, played by Alan Rickman, uh, which is obviously the first time I've ever seen the actor. And so for a long time for me, whenever I saw him in anything, I, I, in my mind, he was always, oh, it's the bad guy from Die Hard. That's how I kind of referred to him. Kind of actually for the rest of my life, I always kind of went back to that. Anyway, so they attack the party. Um, the story is they're there as a kind of a terrorist act, but apparently, as it's going to turn out, the reality is that they're there to steal a ton of money. There's apparently like millions and millions of dollars worth of bearer bonds uh, stored or you know, kind of in a safe in that, um, in that building. And it's up to John McClane to single-handedly take down this entire group of one would assume to be at least like military-trained, paramilitary-trained terrorists. And he's one man. With one goal and one mission. I was so going to say that. It's one man against. And welcome to the world of 80s paquete movies. That's, and that's <laughs> basically, yeah. I mean, that's, and it's his job to take them all, take them all down. Uh, I don't want to, shall I spoil the film for you guys? Shall I spoil I it? Mean, I mean, if we haven't, if no one's seen it, I think we'll get to the ending. But yeah, go ahead and spoil it, Goody. Uh, he wins. Because, hey, yeah, uh, go. Maybe because I mean, Clue like was not type of like Super Bowl. He wins the game. He well, he he wins. He kills all the bad guys because I don't know if you guys know this. If people don't know this, know this in podcast land, but there's like four or five sequels to this film. So like, yeah, so he he many makes bad it. Decisions. <laughs> I don't know. I love them all, but I get it. But this is a definitely was a fun film. I mean, it's a great vehicle for Bruce Willis. This is what made him the action guy. And some might argue, some might argue that this is the movie that creates the trope of one guy against the, against the odds who may or may not be theoretically prepared for the situation, and yet he still rises above. Where you'll see like other action films down the line where it's like one guy against a group of terrorists, and it's like, what's my job? Or like, what was it, that, that Van Damme film, I think Sudden Death, where he's like a fire marshal? And that's his job to take on a group of terrorists? Or like, they, they tend to pick, they try to pick jobs for these guys that, should not be getting them prepared for taking on terrorists. And that's what makes them all the more heroic when they do it. Although to be fair, you know, he's, he's an MIP detective. So he's a police officer. He knows how to fire a gun and shoot and all that stuff. So it's not like he is like completely unprepared for this or anything, but yeah, this is going to create that trope action movie trope of the one man against in, seemingly insurmountable odds. Um, 
And there I mean, we go. They, don't, they definitely don't give him a tone of like, um, like being inadequate. You know, he knows all of these different telltale things. He understands that they're serious, that they're trained, blah, blah, blah. He identifies this all. I mean, I think, I think, I think it's fantastic throughout the movie, which is what I love about the movie more than anything else is that there's so many scenes in the movie where you're just like, that shouldn't be in an action movie. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not even, that shouldn't be in there. Like, case in point, which is what they talk about in, in uh, movies that made us and in other people I've read and even listened to in regards to the motion picture is that, like the scene where the SWAT guy comes through the rose bush and he gets pricked by the rose bush. I mean, like, what is that, dude? Like, what is that? <laughs> I did, like, I did oh. notice that. Yeah. There were so many little things that you noticed. Yeah. Like, like what, 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 what are you doing here? Like there's a part when he like that. I, I even, I even made a note of this when I was watching the movie and he was fighting Carl, the guy who wasn't actually, um, you, you would know this. Um, you would know this Derek, if you actually watched the movies that made us, but the guy who played oh, Carl, God, this, you're never going to let it down here. I'm not going to let it down, dude, because they mentioned so much shit in that, dude, for real. I mean, Goody knows, man. They mentioned so much stuff in there. You just find out so much stuff about the making so of the So many layers. It's really, really, it's like, so wow. so many layers, dude. It's really Like, good. I mean, like, for, first of all, Goody, th- think, of, think of something. I'm not even going to talk to you, Derek, anymore. I'm going to refer to you as the other until you watch that. The, the other. other. The other. The other. Yes, exactly. Goody, think of what, what did they talk about in that, in, in that show about the movie? Say one thing that was just, like, crazy you didn't even think about. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> I can't even think of one now. Hold on, hold on. Um, this sounds really bad. I can't think of one now. Actually, I'll stop my head. Shit. Okay, I'm, I'm going to mention. Okay, I'm just going to mention one word. Novel. One bad okay. word for Goody. Novel, Goody, novel. Oh, yeah. That, this is a sequel. This is theoretically a sequel to a previous, okay, to a previous novel that was written. And like there was the first movie of this, the first novel was like 1968. And like it was Frank Sinatra. And like this was supposedly a sequel to that novel. It was called like I think the detective was the name of the sequel novel, but like no, it was called it, the the original movie, the original uh, novel was called the detective, but the sequel was called Nothing Lasts Forever. Oh, there we go. Yeah, and that this movie is supposedly the sequel to that novel. Well, it was supposed to be originally the sequel, uh, the the adaptation of the sequel novel of the movie, but and that like the whole thing with Frank Sinatra, where like because of the rights, he was the he was a character in the original movie in 1968. And so because of the rights of the whole pro- of the whole property, they had to offer him this role first before anybody else. So if you can imagine Frank Sinatra playing this role when he was, I think, in his early 70s by, by the time this movie came out or something. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> and of course, he obviously graciously was like, uh, no. And he turned, he declined because like he, no. they, they said in the movie that he quoted, quoted they said, no, nah, I'm too old and too rich to do this shit. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting type of thing. And then they had to like, all right, that's out of the way. Let's retool it and see how we can make this the uh, action vehicle that it will eventually become. Yeah. And then, then they talk about how like Bruce Willis, you know, was a TV actor and they, you know, they didn't just say the same thing that we talked about with uh, Beverly Hills Cop, where they didn't know if he was going to be, you know, if it was going to be a success because. Bruce Willis is is known at that point as a TV actor, and the only movie he did was a movie called Blind Date. He did with Kim Basinger, which which was in its right. It, actually, it was a pretty fucking mo- funny movie. I mean, I thought it was a hilarious movie. My mom, Goody knows, my mom loves that movie. <laughs> I mean, she loves Blind Date. Didn't we see that movie in the theaters? We did. We did. With yeah. That- with Tati, she took us to go see the movie. I mean, we talked about the theater, we've seen it on TV. I mean, my mom, Derek, my mom loves that movie. It's it's the it's 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 such 
a stupid movie to watch, and it's and it's funny. It's funny. It stars. It has Bruce Willis, Kim Basinger, and John Larroquette of all people. I mean, I mean, it's just a crazy cast. <laughs> so, it sounds like one of those. I mean, Kim Basinger did a lot of really good films that are kind of. I mean, she's a Bond girl. Also, well, yeah, and and I don't know. Hollywood. Anytime I think of Kim Basinger, I think of like underrated movies. Like, and yeah. so I, I I immediately jumped to saying, yeah, it's got to be pretty good. Yeah, no, no, it was a good movie. It was it wasn't bad. I mean, it's, not, it's like a good movie to pass the time. You know, I'm not saying it's a fucking classic of any kind, but it's just a a good popcorn flick just to watch, sit down with your girl and just watch. You know, it's a funny movie. Um, and so so that, that was the only movie he did before this. And I mean, they they were talking about how they didn't know, and that when they when he when he when he was hired to make this movie. His agent, who apparently who they had in the in the in the conversation, his agent made him for this one movie the highest paid actor in Hollywood. He took home five million dollars for this movie in nineteen eighty eight, and that's why uh, it's good, you know, to uh, <laughs> pay the right people the right amount of money because that guy clearly did his job. He did what he was supposed to do. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a whole mess of stuff, but yeah, like, like the thing with um, like one of the things that they talked about was that the guy who was Carl, the guy with the long blonde hair, who was kind of like Hans Gruber's secondhand guy, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. was an ex. This was this was one of his first movies too, and he was an ex ballet dancer. You know, this is, you know, really. He, he was a ballet dancer. That's what he was. That's what he was known for. And so he became, you know, the quintessential '80s bad guy after this one. You know what I mean? Like the '80s German bad guy. Unfortunately, he died in like '95, so he didn't really have a long career. But you know, he did. He did stuff. You know, he did a, a lot of stuff. And so, I mean, it was just it's it's a whole mess of different things with the movie. I mean, um, God, there's so much. Goody, you want to talk about something? I'm just I'm thinking about a whole bunch of different things. Well, I mean, it's funny when you watch his movies and then you, you you grow up and you see other stuff they're in. Like I feel like, for example, it was Officer Powell, uh yes. which is played by Officer Winslow of Family Matters. I don't know if you guys know Winslow. Yes, it was uh, so perfect. Such good which, casting. Yeah, which like it's like that guy plays a police movie. officer like in everything almost, seemingly. I don't know. Uh which of course, you know, Family Matters being the spin-off of Perfect Strangers. I don't want to like you know, throw that eighties sort of, I, you know, trivia out there, but yeah. So you see these actors and you see all these faces popping up in other movies and other films. And like, yeah, even Carl, we're like, Oh, that guy. Yeah. Quintessential eighties kind of foreign bad guy when we didn't have things like sensitivity or whatever. Um, and so- what, about, what, what about the, what about the, um, the, um, the, uh, the Asian guy, the, the Asian bad guy, he's in like every movie in the eighties. Yeah. That yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that guy, dude. FYI, the, guy, the guy's name, I looked him up because I want to know his name. His name's Al Leong. So Al Leong, awesome dude. Al Leong. He's in so many 80s movies as a bad guy. He's in Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. He's <laughs> I mean, he's in like everything as a bad guy, dude. He's awesome. He's a stunt guy too. I mean, like he's a stunt person. And I just love just, that they let him like Eat those Act. snacks, those candies. Oh, it was so part. funny. That was the best part. Yeah, he's pulling out a crunch bar. He's eating it, waiting for the. the <laughs> and that was fantastic. I thought that was. That's another one of those scenes that was just like, dude, this is amazing. Was this Genghis Khan in um, Bill and Ted? Yes, he was. He was Genghis yes. Khan. Oh man! Oh. Bill and Ted. 
Dude, this, I'm, we're, we're going to be blowing people's fucking minds, man. Bah, bah, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Okay, so, so did anyone... Oh, FYI, okay. oh, one more thing, one more thing to blow your guys' minds. Um, you know there's a, you know the two Johnsons that are in the movie? <laughs> yes, I know the two Johnsons. That sounds okay. pretty weird. I mean, yes, but the two, the two FBI agents, Special Agent Johnson and Agent Johnson. Okay, so it's funny, but you know, one of the course is, of course, the great actor, great character actor Robert Davi, who was a Fratelli in The Goonies, which is mm-hmm. amazing. I love that guy uh, and everything he's done. I mean, even License to Kill, which is not the best 007 and movie. And music but- and music. He wasn't me. What do you mean? He has released several, um, a al- few albums. Where Are you he serious? Did- yeah, he does. He's like a crooning, like a crooner kind of singer. Oh, oh my yeah, God. Dude. I gotta listen to him. He now. does. <laughs> he's got. I, I, know at least, I at least found one out album that the guy released. who plays but Agent yeah, Johnson, the other dude. Yeah, he's a singer. Oh, that's he's, awesome! He's I gotta listen to his music just for shits and giggles. So, well, it's great because, and then when the Goonies, he was singing that, that Italian aria. Whatever. Wow. Wait a yeah. Okay. My God, Bevel. But I was saying was that the guy who plays Agent Johnson. I looked him up. I was like, I've seen this guy in something before. Who is this wait, guy? Wait, which which of the two Johnsons are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, for real. There's Robert Davi, who's special agent Johnson. And okay. also does opera, by the way. That's yeah, why he, he sings so well, but he, he actually does he's trained and has well, some I mean, he was he was singing opera Fratelli and Goonies, so I I mean it has to be the case. Okay, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but singer, the, other, the other FBI agent who was just Agent Johnson, he was just referred to as Agent Johnson, the other guy. I found out that he played Balrog in Street Fighter the movie with Van Damme. <laughs> Possibly one of the best worst Where do you films find in the history this of the world. Crap, dude. Dude, IMDb, bro. It's IMDb, bro. <laughs> Jesus. I just sometimes when I'm watching movies, I'm like, where have I seen this guy? Has this guy been another shit? So I just look, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> he was Balrog in the great Van Damme. Raul Julia motion picture Street Fighter. <laughs> Sonic so Boom. I wanted to ask because I, I, have you guys ever seen? Okay, in Family Guy, you know there's like an ongoing joke about Alan Rickman. Have you guys ever noticed no. that? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I, I actually don't. I don't. Okay, so there's this skit they do where Alan Rickman is. He's basically using that uh, Professor Snape voice, very slow, <laughs> not very, uh, there's not a lot of pitch change. It's just, this is Alan Rickman. Okay. So it's just, it's just like that. He just talks like that all the time. But what he does is he calls himself and he leaves himself a voicemail to remember things. <laughs> and they did like a solid, like, I don't know, three episodes of it or something. It just went on forever where we would just cut away from whatever story Peter and the family are doing to Alan Rickman's voicemail, where he was recording a message to himself. Was it him though? For real? I, it sounded like it. I don't think it was. I, I'd, I'd never look to look at like the credits, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Alan Rickman family guy on YouTube. You will see what I'm talking about. Every time Hans Gruber opened his mouth, I kept hearing this is Alan Rickman. <laughs> Don't forget to take the laundry out of the dryer. <laughs> That's awesome. But um, so I thought um, I, I don't know if you guys uh, maybe it covered in that uh, that 
what was it called? The movies that made us thing that I should have watched. Yeah. Um, you know that scene where Hans Gruber is, uh, well, we're already told we're going to go through spoilers. Where Hans Gruber is about to die. Um, wait, wait, the bad guy dies at the end? Oh, what? yeah. Yeah, the bad guy dies, right? Say it ain't so, man. Say it ain't so. The, the scene where, you know, he, he falls. So they were when they were filming that, they were supposed to give him a count. You know, one, two, three, and then you'll drop. And it was all behind a green screen. They were going to drop him into, you know, a big pad or whatever. But they weren't really getting the acting that they were looking for. And so they did one, two, drop. And it caught him by surprise. Mm-hmm. And that's the cut they used in the movie. So yeah, they actually, actually got his true fear of, holy shit, I'm falling. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, what's funny is that they actually do mention that um, on the show. On the movies that made us, they mentioned that, and the guy who actually was the one who let go, he says he says it. Oh yeah, that's his face. That's the face. Like oh fuck, they let me go. <laughs> you didn't say three. Exactly. Like <laughs> they had told him, look, on one we're gonna drop you, and then he t- he said he just like, I told the guy holding him, drop him on two. <laughs> that's he's like three, two, perfect. click. It's a great reaction. It looks very believable. Yeah, I mean, like, like oh, granted, shit. at that point, you, you, they've done a really good job of building up your hatred for the villain at this point. So you really want to see Alan Rickman die or Hans Gruber to be more accurate. But all the same, you're excited whenever you see this guy just plummet to the ground. I know. I know. It's amazing, dude. It's amazing. So I guess um, I'm curious. You guys seem to believe that. This is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. No, no, no. We don't believe it. Uh, I mean, that, that's actually a, that's an objective truth. Like science yeah. backs up what I'm claiming. Yes. Oh, science. Oh. This is yeah. science. They're, they've actually had you know science. people measure. How do you how do you the measure you measure people the Christmas <laughs> these charts the Christmas the Christmas Christmas Christmas. it's it's off the charts I can't I can't measure this well, it's, it's, it's the amount of time that they play Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC that's how they measure it that, oh, God, that was such a good opening song dear God it was so good <laughs> yeah look I, um look greatest Christmas movie I just I don't know about greatest I mean I say that just kind of in terms of using hyperbole but. I I do like it a lot. I love it a lot. And it's and it's one of those it's great. I think it's a great movie to watch around Christmas time. But um yeah, I mean, it, objectively or not, I don't know, but it, it's 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 up there and it's become I think it's one of become one of those pop culture touchstones that people heard, "Oh, it's a it's the greatest Christmas movie." People are like, "Yeah, it is." Oh, and the kind of people just got into it. Maybe maybe there's a little bit of bandwagoning going along with that. I guess. I mean, it's probably the same people who haven't seen it though since it came out, you know. Yeah, and that's and that's probably or have never seen it because like they weren't born yet, you know. Because a person that was born when the movie came out is in their thirties, you know. So it's a it's an older film, but um, I don't know. It's it is a fun movie. Uh, it, it's yeah, and it's got the Christmas theme. It's it's, it's in Christmas it takes place during Christmas time. So it's a it's it's definitely one of those I think that goes in and like let's watch Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, let's watch uh, you know the Charlie Brown Christmas movie, and also Die Hard. I I I just I don't want to argue, but I don't agree. <laughs> no, it's not Christmas enough for you. 
it don't get me wrong it is clearly a christmas movie i won't even argue that point um i i don't i don't think that whenever i think of a christmas movie though or i want to enjoy anything christmas themed i mean this one is on the list but i don't i can't say it's in even maybe the top i don't know 10 maybe oh dude that's fighting words i don't want you, you know what i'm kicking you off this call dude well, I mean, I think, I think, I think it's it's on the list more ironically than anything else for a lot of people. It's an ironic yeah, thing. Yeah, it's an ironic pick. It's like it's like, what's your top five Christmas movies? Okay, Ten Commandments. Uh, That's not even Christmas. What even? What? I know. What? It's religious. Whatever. People watch it religious. So what? You know, okay, I'm making crap up. It's You're also stories. No, no, I swear to God, no. And then, like, I, that's why some people, some people, some people play. Some people watch like Sound of Music. That's not a Christmas movie, but they watch it in Christmas because they usually release it on TV during Christmas time. You know, it's one of those movies they do every year. You know what I mean? So it's like for them, that's a Christmas movie, even though it's not a Christmas movie. But like for like for some people, it's like what is it? Uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I mean, what else? What other Christmas? Movie? I mean, if if it was still out, the Santa Claus movie, people would watch that probably. Yeah, um, yeah. No, from the eighties. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you go the eighties route, I mean, what else? What's another Christmas movie you guys can think of that people would think would be better than Die Hard? Which I'll fight you on if that's the case, but you know, it's not. It's not about like being better than Die Hard. I think you think it's better. I think no, no. It, it's it's if I'm looking for a Christmas themed concept, it's not what comes to mind. Well, I mean, because because it really is not a Christmas movie. I mean, it's no, not it, like the, like other movies are in Christmas and spirit of Christmas stuff. This is just Christmas as backdrop. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you know, whenever I think about this movie, you know, I was excited to watch it because I think it more than many many other films out there, especially of this era it holds its own even today, right? It's still enjoyable. Oh, it's still sure. fun to watch. You don't know. I mean, unless you, unless you've seen it 10 times already, you don't know exactly what the story is going to do and what direction it's going to take. So it's still a good movie. It still holds up, but is it one that I would want to watch, you know, with the nightmare before Christmas or something? I don't, I just don't see it that way. It's an action film, I mean, right? So I put it on that list. Am I a horrible father that I want to have my oldest daughter watch this movie with me during Christmas this year? No, no. I feel like that's a rite of passage. You should have I to. I think I'm going to. It's do it. It's more about cheers to me. Do it. <laughs> do it. Perfect. Perfect. Do it. <laughs> I think it's 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 definitely a rite of passage. I, I mean, I have a I have a movie I have a movie marathon a Christmas movie marathon playlist, and so help me that movie is on there. It's right alongside, you know, Home Alone and the Santa Claus oh, and right. all of those other films. It's on there and it should be, but it's number 27. Okay. <laughs> so, so it, it deserves to be on the list. And, you know, when I've got kids someday and we do a Christmas movie marathon, you can damn well be sure that they're going to see it. But, you know, after the first couple times after they've seen it, unless you got an urge to watch it again. Eh, I don't need to see it every Christmas. You know, it's not like, I mean, my wife can't go a year without seeing that. Uh, gosh, what is that? When you just said it again a second ago, it's like the, is it White Christmas or? It's a Wonderful Life. It's, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful Life. That's it. That's what it was. The Jimmy yeah. Stewart vehicle. Yes, yes. The movie that was supposed to, it was an absolute bomb theatrically when it came out. It really Did was? You know that, dude? 
Did you no. know that? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, it, it it only lasted because it was like it just for some reason it just it was just like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. It came out the same time as Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street killed it at the movie theaters. I mean, it killed it at the box office. I mean, granted, killed it is a relative term in nineteen thirty fucking eight, but. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because Miracle on 34th Street, I've seen it. I like it. it, it it's, a, it's a good film. I think the one I, I've seen, I don't know if it's the original. It's from the 40s, the one that I remember. Yeah, that's the original one. It's, it's a I great honestly, film. I like, the new, I like the new version better. I watch the new one every year. That's my thing. With I mean, Mr. Dylan it, McDermott? With Mr. Dylan McDermott because my wife swoons every time she watches it. Michelle, well, it's a good movie. Cry. I think it's the period it's original, I'll be honest. I, 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 I really do. Too. do. I, think, I think it is better. And first off, I think it's better because you know that um, FYI, the, so, the, so John Hughes co-wrote the new version with the original scriptwriter. Whether or not he was alive, but he basically used the original script and, and, and kind of revised it so he became a co-writer because John Hughes produced the newer version of Miracle on 34th Street. We're on such a fucking tangent right now for Christmas. This is insane. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the point I was making, though, is it's funny how I enjoyed Miracle on 34th Street. It's a good film, and it might have knocked it out of the park whenever it came out, and It's a Wonderful Life probably tanked. But you know what movie made it to number two on my list? It's a Wonderful Life. You know where Miracle on 34th Street is? It's not even on the list, and the movie's 30, uh, 30, the list is 30 movies long. So what's what's your number one? All right. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a second. Wait a minute. That's the sound Simone minute. makes when they have to qualify an answer. Oh yeah. my god. What is it gonna be? All I'm gonna say <laughs> is you can clearly tell oh, no. disclaimer, it's disclaimer. Arthur Christmas. It's Arthur Christmas, Goody. Get ready. It's Arthur Christmas. Arthur Christmas. <laughs> Although that's a good movie in its own right as well. That's funny too. Yeah, no, it's not, but okay. Arthur Christmas like is number seven. Okay. Oh, oh yes. You're my boy. Derek, that's why I love you, my friend. That's why I love you. No, no, no. You. Let's go back to number one before he says What's he loves you. One? What's number one? So number one, all I'm going to say is it clearly oh, tells you a lot. Drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> it clearly tells you a lot about what my upbringing was like. You and just how say I it already. Lived. I'm tired of the drum roll. Just say it. Just say it, dude. All right. Here it is. You ready? Go. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, well, actually, that's a solid I pick. Like that. All right, that's, that's good. Pick. That's not bad. It's not bad. That's a good yeah, one. I give you that. If All you right. were gonna say, if you were gonna say the Muppet Christmas Special with John Denver, I would have had a problem. No, that's not even on the list. Are you crazy? <laughs> the Star Wars Christmas Special. The Star Wars. Oh, the Star Wars Christmas Special. Yeah, you go. Star Wars Holiday Special. I was like, did Derek? Do you have a copy of that? I thought they didn't exist anymore. <laughs> So help me, Your I will find it. Overdrive. It will happen. The server. <laughs> Server's on overdrive for that one, dude. Oh, shit. Uh, dude, that's awesome. Okay, so Goody, back to our point, to the movie at hand, dear God. <laughs> um, does it hold up even now? Is it is it as good as it was? Or or where do, where do you feel the movie lands now? Did we see this movie in the theaters, Goody, when it came out? Um, I actually don't remember that at all. I cannot I tell you that. Did. I, I don't know if we saw it in the theaters because I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, does it hold up? Um, I will have to say. Hmm. See, and the fact that I'm like hemming and hawing tells me that it, it's probably more of a no than it, I mean. It's I think it I, 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 it's good for me. I enjoy it, but 
I also I'm gonna admit that like people are not gonna be crazy about it when they see it because they're gonna be like, oh, because it's gonna fall into that problem that we're gonna see in all these movies that we start picking movies from the '80s that so much has become so tropey now that it's kind of like, oh, I get this movie. It's sort of like it's it's you've seen it before because it's good. It's a bum, but does it outclass out everything life. else that's out now? It's well, kind of hard is, to stack them up, right? Well, and, and the thing is that like it's good, but you know, like action movies. The action movie genre, right, has evolved so much and it like, was gone for a long time. Like people weren't really making them as much. Um, I think for a while, and then they kind of have come back, but come a little smarter. I mean, um, a little better. But um Well, I mean, it's good. Is it as good as well compared to what? Like, because here's the thing. The action movie now, action movie, you're talking a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? John Wick. Yeah, or how do you, how do you, how do you compare them there, right? And like, and look, people, you know, you, you shouldn't, you know, mean like, I, I, you know, I love history, you know, I, I might call myself a historian, but, and then you don't try to commit, like, you don't try to like, you should not like impose the standards of the modern time on an artifact in the past, because it's not fair to the past and not fair to the, the subject matter of the time of the past, all that stuff. I get that. However, um, like action movies now, I think are objectively, and I've used that word again better because we've figured out how to make an action movie that is actually smart or we figure out how to make an action movie that can be more intricate more meticulous a little bit more artistic a little bit more complicated a little bit more complex like like you watch john wick and and you you see one of those films and like the fight there's actual fight choreography whereas back then i feel like unless it was a movie from asia if it's an American or kind of like a Western action movie, like these guys, there's not fire choreography. It's jump through building, shooting gun, explosion, right? There's, there's actually punches, not a lot of- A few punches, a few punches here and there. But it's not like artistry or actual, or not actual, because I don't want to take the credit from the guys that actually were the, the stuntmen that are on those movies, because you know that's work that I could never do. But it's not, it's, it's not like choreography, you know, it's not like a dance. Like I would imagine choreography to be like, and in modern films, it's just done better. Maybe it's because the actors themselves are willing to be more, more physical. Maybe, I don't know. But then again, one can go back to the, then again, just to kind of like wrap it up though. Um, what is it? What's that saying? It's like Die Hard had to crawl. So Marvel movies could run. Yeah. Or Die yeah, Hard to fair. walk. So Marvel movies could run, you exactly. know, you have to get yeah, there no, think, to get sense. here. I mean, it makes sense if you think about Which is it. It's true for anything in history. Yeah, of course, because Die Hard, when it came out, I mean, there were things that were in Die Hard that was just mind-blowing. Like the whole, like the fight scenes were mind-blowing in Die Hard, which they mentioned in movies that made us, is that it was blind mind-blowing because they used, it wasn't just the two guys fighting, they used the actual set. They used what was around them, the environment, which they had never really used before. You didn't see a guy fighting and they landed on a some barrels and they fought each other and you land on a, 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 a trailer of some kind or a, some 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 kind of dolly of anything you know you, you moved around I mean it was it was more of a static kind of situation where you were facing off you know with die hard you had your environment that you were a part of and you had to and you used that environment like case in point when he was fighting Carl he used his entire environment where at the end he hangs him which of course spoiler alert he comes back to life it's classic classic bad guy but you know he hung him with the chain that was there because they made it up the stairs you know what I mean so it was just like it's one of those things whereas you see where I think 
I think where action movies change to be more artistic, I mean, which we may, hopefully we get to that, hopefully that's the movie we pick, um, is when we get to The Matrix, another Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah, you know I mean? that where, was, they started God. sampling a lot of the, the films from the Far from, East. If you think about it, if you think Keanu. about it, from, 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 Keanu's the man. Um, but, you know, Keanu. if you think about it, I Keanu's mean. Keanu's a national treasure. We can all so agree. Much. Yes, I agree 100%. A Canadian national treasure, but Canadian. I'll, I'll... No, no, a North American national treasure. I love Canada. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Granted, that's not a nation, but whatever. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, though, but like, I really love Keanu. I mean, I, I mean, I think undercover, we, you, you know the U.S. and Canada are the same country. I mean, I mean Wow. Like, but, oh, man. Wow. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Yeah, Goody. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm Give kidding. me a rating, please. It's not a quiet, quiet. No, seriously, no. But I mean, nowadays, you have actors Keanu. who really want to really hit the action style hard and be as real as possible because I know I think I think Keanu did like six months of martial arts training which is now increased where he's a high level black belt in like Tai Chi. I mean he's he's no joke when it comes to martial arts at this point. You know what I mean? I mean he's directed martial arts movies. He has a movie called Tai Chi Master where he's the bad guy. It's a pretty badass movie too. And he's really? he's like a, I don't know this oh, yeah. one. You should watch it. He's the bad guy. He owns. He's basically the bad dude, and he own. He has like a, a a fight to the death tournament that he does for money, like a pit fighting kind of thing. And he's the bad guy. And he's like a tai chi master in this movie. I mean, so like he he's like he's he is no joke, you know. And he's and but, but I mean I'm going off on tangent, of course. But it's just one of those things where you know, with 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 Die Hard, you saw okay action with some comedy but it had a real person it wasn't invincible like in your previous schwarzenegger and stallone movies where the guy didn't get hurt because i mean i mean in the the movie i mean he was yeah that's a good point i mean yeah that's actually true that's really good idea well i mean mean? the the walking on broken glass scene has always gotten me from the first time i saw that i'm like oh when he's it's hard to watch it really is yeah especially no doubt He's in the bathroom pulling glass out of his foot. Like, oh, that's dude, cringe, man. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, that hurts. Oh, that hurts so much. You know, and, and it's just, it's one of those things where you have a human action hero, which before that, we didn't really see that. I mean, we had a little bit of him in Beverly Hills Cop, but he didn't get hurt. I mean, he was he was a human because he was just a wisecracking son of a bitch. But you know, he was he was more like a human being than you would see with like Schwarzenegger with Commando or or <clears throat> Stallone with Rambo, you know, or even Charles Bronson with Death Wish. I mean, he didn't he never got hurt. He had a little 38, 45, 38, you know, ma- you know, gun that he shot at people and he killed them, but he never got shot in return, you know, in the Death Wish movie. So it was just one of those things where you have you have them getting hurt and they would never get hurt, but then you have Die Hard, where you have an actual person who's not a huge guy. He's not big by any means of the, of the equation, Bruce Willis. Right, right. And, and he and he goes and he goes to be. He's just playing a cop, a cop that he's in a, an extraordinary situation where it's almost. I mean, <laughs> you guys are gonna go crazy when I hear this, but it's almost Hitchcockian in the sense of you have uh, the right person at the wrong time in the wrong place. You know what I mean? Like, like he's not, All right, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. You know, he's not yeah, supposed to, I think I'll go there. with that. 
You know what I mean? But he ends up, he has to, he has to do his job, which is protect the people who are there by any means necessary because he's a cop. He's in a shitty situation. He has to, and you know, here's my thing. Here's the thing that I always thought was the strangest. I mean, I know the whole ambulance thing is a crazy. See, I don't know if you noticed that, Derek, in the movie, but there's a scene where they show up, right, in the beginning of the movie where they pile out of the back of that uh, box truck. And there's nothing in the truck except for them. Yeah. Then all of a sudden in the movie, the ambulance pulls out. <laughs> yeah, like they somehow just shot out a whole vehicle. Yes. So they talked about that in movies that made it. It was like, fuck it, who cares? At this point, it doesn't matter because they didn't know how to finish off the movie, dude. They had not written the ending when they were filming the movie. Well, and they never even touch on, like Hans Gruber never is made aware of somebody just ramming in into our getaway ambulance, you know? Exactly. I mean, at that point, there's all hell's breaking loose at that point. So they didn't give a shit, you know what I mean? So who cares? But but nobody really talked about it. They're just like, oh, fuck it, who cares? Whatever. It's, you know, it's a movie blunder. They, they would just chalk it up to that. But, you know, with the motion picture, I mean, you had, you know, a cop trying to survive. And, I mean, I was wondering, like, did he – and I, I love the part where he kills Carl's brother. And he checks the back of his sweater for the size. And apparently it's too small. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, this guy's bigger than you. How is that giant. sweater too small? You know what I mean? And then, of course, his shoes are too small, which, is, of course, is funny because everybody talks about how there's always a running gag. I remember as a kid that European feet are smaller than American feet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, that made me laugh out loud when I was watching the movie. I was like, oh, I never even noticed that. Oh, I didn't part. even think about that. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't take it that way. I don't remember that. Um, that was a stereotype or, or, or yeah, whatever. They would have small that Europeans have smaller feet than Americans. Well, I mean, I guess you no. Know, it was just funny. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't even fucking care. But it was just funny because he's like the guy. I have to. He, he says it. Like, the guy I have to kill has smaller feet than my wife. You know what I mean? Like it's just you know. He I just thought it. he was because that you know they there's a couple points where John McClane kind of points out his expertise, the things that he knows from being a police officer. And, you know, he mentions when he's talking to, um, gosh, what's the, the, uh, Powell, Sergeant Powell, the cop. Yeah, ow, 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 ow. Um, he, uh, he, he's like, yeah, they, they gotta be European. They're all got foreign brands or whatever on their clothes. And that's when I, that's why I thought he looked at the clothes was for that fact point. No, I just think because he was in a, he was in a, he was in a, an undershirt, and another thing I noticed was like, and then of course we're nip we're nitpicking, like in everything we nitpick, and it's not saying we're taking away from the movie. We love the movie, guys. I mean, we love yeah, the movie. Yeah, in, great, great, right? great movie. Great flick. Always good to watch the movie at any point in time. I mean, I've watched the movie three times in the last two weeks since the last episode, so it's it's a fantastic flick. But I always laugh because he his his undershirt is white, but then all of a sudden, like after a certain point in time, it turns black. Like I mean, I don't think he got that dirty to to turn black. Like when did it turn black? Well, I mean, they were just talking about how that building was brand new, and he was crawling through the air ducts. But you know, he wasn't picking up any dirt in those air ducts. Exactly. I mean, it was just funny. All of a sudden, he goes into the air duct, and then later on, it's completely black. Like it's it's like almost green. You know what I mean? Like it's a dark green. I'm like, dude, that doesn't make sense. And then, and then it's just, I mean, there's so many good things about the movie. I mean, the way they, the way they did the the special effects and the funny reason how they had to film the movie, the way they had to film the movie, you know, that uh, uh, case in point, um, the helicopter scene that you saw 
with the helicopters flying down the avenue of the stars and you know yeah in the sea. yeah they were supposed to set up that that was supposed to be like a two-day shoot but the city the city said you can't do that you have two hours that's all we can give you and they shot that whole scene with the helicopter flying through the streets in 30 minutes jeez dude Wow. I mean, it's, okay. you need, you need that's to one watch way to movies. save money, right? <laughs> you need to watch movies that made us, Derek. You'll, 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 be, you'll watch this and you'll be like, holy shit, it will put this movie in a whole different light. Of, you know, it's, it's what I said before. I mean, what these people do to get a movie and have it just exist is insane. I mean, everything's against you in every way, shape, or form. So. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna have to. I'll, I'll watch the movies that made us. I will check it out. Um, Goody, tell yes. me. Yes. How do you rate it? Uh, on a scale of one to ten, yippee kayes. Yes, one to ten, oh. yippee kayes. Or is it one to five? I mean, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? One to ten. One to ten. Give me, give me ten. Up to ten. All right. Uh, one to ten, yippee kayes. Um. And I haven't been like keeping track of my average of my uh, my scores from the last few episodes, um, but I'm gonna give this. Uh, I, you know what? I'm gonna give a solid eight yippee kayes. I like this movie a lot, and that's me saying I like this movie a lot. Um, yeah, eight eight yippee kayes. All right, that's fair. Eight. That's fair. Um, Tomas, where are you at, man? How do you feel about it? I mean, I for myself, I give this movie. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it about an eight, eight point five. I mean, it's by no means an amazing motion picture, but I mean, it's it's it, and by no means it's not like a super amazing. Like we're not talking like fucking just out of control bonkers. But because of the effect that it had on the motion picture industry, it's a fucking blast to sit down and watch this movie. I mean, it's just Why so. Not give it a ten. Give it a ten. Just give it a ten. I'll give it a fucking eight and a half, nine, bro. I'll give it a nine. I'm gonna give it a nine. Oh my gosh, you've just been pressured to raise half a point. <laughs> a, a nine specifically, I think I'll give no. I'm gonna give it a nine for real because for one of the for one of the, for, uh, other than it just being because of Bruce Willis and it showing you know it releasing him, but also because it gave us Alan Rickman, dude. I mean. By no means. All right. I'll give you that. Form. Alan Rickman is easily half Alan a point. Rickman. Alan Rickman is worth half a point, maybe even a full point. Because you say nine I mean, and a half? Nine and a no, half? No, I'm saying nine. <laughs> I'm, saying nine. <laughs> I'm saying nine. But I'm saying because it's because of Alan Rickman, dude. I mean, I mean, there's no if there wasn't Alan Rickman, there would be no Die Hard. There would be I no know. Jeremy Irons later as his you know angry brother in the sequel. Oh yes, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot that he plays his brother in Die Hard with a Vengeance. And and when we're done talking, I'm gonna ask you guys a quick question. But go ahead now, Derek. What's your what's your uh, rating? How many yippee kayes? How many how how many yippee kaye motherfuckers are you giving it, bro? Okay. Um, Qualifier. No, no. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna give it a seven. What? Yeah. Seven's and, not bad. It's and, a, I know. These are bad kids. I want I want to elaborate, not quantify, but what I mean by a seven is I would probably recommend if somebody says, I was thinking about seeing this, you know, it, do you, have you seen it? Is it any good? Yeah, absolutely. Go watch it. Good movie. Good, good. Yeah, you're not going to waste your time. It's a good movie. 
But do I feel like everybody has to see it? Or are, are, are you lacking in your, your, your film knowledge by having not seen this film? I think you can get by without it. It's a good movie. It, it still holds its own today, but it's not quite as good as some of our today's action films. And it did give us Alan Rickman, which I would be willing to raise half a point for Alan Rickman. So seven and a half here. But that's where I'm at. Seven, seven and a half. Good movie. Worth seeing. But if you haven't and, you know, maybe it's not your thing. You don't like old films or action films or whatever. You'll be all right. Okay. You know what? Um I like that. I mean, considering it, I, I mean, as important as it is in creating that kind of action movie trope, yeah, it's not, it's not one of those, like, you have to see it because of how much it revolutionized cinema or the medium or, okay, no, all right, not, I buy that. It did all not right. revolutionize cinema all right. at all. That's but cool. It did, That's but good. It did, give us, it did give us what we know of today as the kind of everyman action hero. Well, yeah, but yes, yeah. No, absolutely. Derek, you're right. You're right, Derek. All right, that's cool. All right. I like that. All right. So, so the so the question I want to ask you guys, because we're watching, because we talked about Die Hard, how would you how would you list from best to worst the Die Hard series? Oh God! Well, I mean, you'd be assuming that I've seen them all. Yeah, I, honestly, I could. <laughs> this is a question I wish you had given me ahead of time because, it, it, to be totally honest and upfront with all the listeners out there, because I can, I don't even know the order of them. I mean. One. All right, so I'll I'll go with the order. I'll go with the order. So you have Die Hard. Yeah, don't say the names of the movies, like that vague like location or plot point or whatever. I don't know. Okay, so you have Die Hard. You have Die Hard Two. That's the airport have, one. Uh, airplane, that's airport. The airport one. Die Harder. That's the airport one. Then you have Die Hard with a Vengeance, was the one in New York with Samuel L. Jackson and a young actually, Elvis Duran is in the beginning I mean, of the movie. Yes, he is a young okay. Elvis Duran. And Jeremy Irons is in the motion picture as well. Okay. Um, And then, not as young. No, of course not. Not as young. But he plays Hans Gruber's brother, which is a fantastic throwback. Then you have, uh, like, 20 years later, (laughs) Live Free or Die Hard with Bruce Willis and a hacker played by... Justin Long. uh, No, Shia LaBeouf, wasn't it? No, Justin Long. Justin Long. Justin Long, dude. Shia LaBeouf. One of them had Shia LaBeouf in it. No. Yeah, that was Indiana Jones. That's Indiana Jones, dude. <laughs> Why are you on this podcast, Derek? I don't understand. All right. I know that he was in this film. We're putting on an ad. We need another person for this podcast because <laughs> Yes. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and release it on, on the interwebs. So I'm looking it up so, now. I know he was in this movie. Yeah, you know how much you want to bet he wasn't. Well, I'm not putting money on it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> But yeah, anyway. so it's live free or die hard with Justin Long playing a hacker, and that was the, this is the only PG thirteen uh, entry into the series, and it was directed by the guy who did Underworld, and that's uh, one where he's like reconciling with his daughter because he seems to always have to reconcile with everybody in his life. And played by movies. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, yes. and then of course, then you have the last one, which is um, God, what was it called? You have the last one where die it was hard. in a Russia. Good day to die hard. It's a good day, a good day oh, to die hard. That's his son. His son was like undercover in like Russian gangsters or something, right? Yes, yes, yes. A good day to die hard. And that was the last one that, that he did. But I mean, God, that one was, God, it was, we talked about it in the last, in, in the last episode. It was, God, it was so horrible. <laughs> it's such a bad movie. You know, and the thing is that I like, 
even as as it's how things have evolved. I like Bruce Willis as like action guy because he can he's just his delivery. I really enjoy him. Like he's really good at playing that off that kind of everyman thing. Even as his John McClane character has you know evolved or whatever over time. But I like I like him as the everyman sort of action guy. But um, I'll be honest. I I know I saw the fifth uh, Die Hard film and. The only memory I have is I think there's a scene when he like his son's about to get hit by the van he's driving and he sees his son like crossing in front of the car or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That is the only thing I remember from that movie, and I know I watched it. I don't remember. I the mean, movie there was, at all. There was a double cross in the movie. I mean, it was insane. I mean, it was just it was not great. But you know, well, you I don't know, know what kind my- of parenting skills he's got because like his <laughs> like I mean they don't go into it obviously, but. We don't see the therapy sessions, but like his daughter was estranged, but then they kind of like reconcile, even though everyone's going to die from the hacker fire sale. I think they call it a fire sale or something. Um, yes. And it wasn't Timothy Oliphant, the big bad guy in that movie? His name Timothy he Oliphant? He was. You're yes. right. He was the bad guy live for your diehard. Just the right. That's a good yes. show, by the way. Oh, Justified fantastic. is a really good show. Lock it in. Lock it in. Yeah, Justified yeah. is a good show. But anyway. Um, and he's, he's supposedly playing somebody in uh, Mandalorian season two, FYI. Yes. But, uh, All right, anyway. So, so ready for that. Yeah, Rosario uh, Dawson is Ahsoka Tano. Yes. Ahsoka Tano, yes. I'm ready for it. Anyway, Dude. tangent, tangent. But anyway, but yeah, like, he's reconciled with his daughter through some horrible event. And then, like, his son, who has become deep cover operative and yet also some horrible event, is trying to reconcile with yeah, his son. Yeah, for some reason, like, he was an FBI agent and all of a sudden he became part of the CIA. I mean, his son oh. became, like, law enforcement, like him, just on a bigger scale. And I don't know, man. There, I mean, they didn't need to talk or something. I have no idea. They <laughs> need to have an intervention of some Sounds kind. Sounds like you need to have a conversation with your family. Yeah, <laughs> really. Like, you really, know, dude. like the only thing, and it makes me think of another, actually, uh, this, uh, this was a trope I was thinking about when I, we were wa- I watched this movie and I was going to bring it up and I'm going to do that right now, where it's a, it's this interesting trope in some films where it's like, they like to, they use some horrible cataclysmic event to bring together the characters and that will somehow fix their relationship because yes. like, for example, Die Hard, the first movie, his reconciliation, cause you see them walking out of the movie at the end, hand in hand or arm in arm or kissing or whatever with his wife. Yeah, the, the classic, the classic uh, Cinderella kiss. Yeah. They, they got back together again, but it was, it took a terrorist attack and the murder of lots of people and huge explosions. Right. Our, cool. Uh, rest in, rest in peace, Ellis. Like all of yeah. which he's not, they're not even interacting with each other. She just knows he's doing a good job. Yeah, that's like it's like oh, that's the guy I fell in love with because he made these terrorists angry. But I like, know that was the funniest part in the movie where yeah. he goes, "Only he can make them so pissed off." <laughs> yeah, but what I think is funny is I see that you see other movies as well. Like what what came to mind immediately when I thought about this, I don't know, horrible event to bring people together trope or concept was um, Independence Day with Jeff Goldblum's yes. character, and yes. like he reconciles with his estranged wife or ex-wife because I haven't seen the movie so I don't know if it was what the status with their marital status was at the time. Well, they were they were estranged. They were estranged. But like they get back together again because he's just saved the world which I don't know. I mean I mean if that's what it takes you probably need to go to therapy or something or couples therapy because like you can't depend on that forever. Well obviously you don't cause I don't think they end up together in the second movie. I never saw the second movie. So I, I did. Don't know. Unfortunately I, I wasted two, two hours of my life. Was it that bad? Life. I mean was it really that it bad? Was bad? It was bad dude. It was really? bad. It was really bad. It was not good at all. 
Okay. If anybody else has seen it, I mean, if you think it's better, good on you. But uh, well, I you mean, see it in Jurassic Park also. Like Sam Neill's character, Lord Dern's character, they're kind of. Um, I mean, they weren't like a stranger or anything, but they're sort of like together. But he doesn't want to have kids. But then, like you know, she discovers he has parenting skills when he rescues two kids from the horrible Frankenstein dinosaur amusement park theme park that has killed lots of people. And it's like, wow! And all this death and destruction. He's got great parenting skills. Life finds a way. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Perfect reference. Life finds a way. No, but I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, but then, of course, you know, then, of course, in, in Jurassic Park 2, they don't even show up. And then supposedly in Jurassic World 3, they're going to be there. Both of them. Everyone's going to be in the new movie. So it's going to be crazy. Everyone. Everybody's in the movie. Except except for Sir Richard Attenborough because he's dead. R.I.P. I wasn't going to say that. Um, I was thinking yeah, that, but, but I, um, my brother, the classic uh, guy but, that he is, had to bring it up. Maybe they'll yes. just uh, pull a classic, you know, what, what's uh, Leia Skywalker? Or, or a Forrest Gump reference where they just, you know, use computers. Or, or Grand Moff Tarkin where it's a Wait, completely CGI guy. I said Leia guy. Skywalker. Oh, Leia yeah. Morgana. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wasn't going to. Yeah. But way to go there. Thanks, Derek. You can't be on here anymore. We're done here. Oh, God. Uh, All right. I'm out. I've disqualified myself. <laughs> Referencing. I want to actually say this now that we talk about now that you mentioned Star Wars. Um, I, I like how in Solo they uh, totally like re- kind of fix that whole Han shot first when he yeah. shoots a. Uh, Woody Harrelson first. I think it's fantastic. But anyways, I think it's fantastic. It's huge. It's huge. Oh I'm kidding. Go ahead, guys. Sorry about that. Back to what well, we're talking about. your question, I have only seen, gosh, maybe two of these Die Hard movies, including the first one. So I, I couldn't even tell you which one's good. Yeah, honestly, I mean, dude, I, I can't rank them either, man. I don't. I, I mean, it's this, is, this is a question that fell flat, I think, because... I need a little pre-prepping for pre-prepping. No, it was just, I mean, I was just off the top of my head because I mean, I was thinking about it because I've seen all the movies and I mean, when it comes to the way they are, that it's funny because when it comes to rot, I I read a lot of Rotten Tomatoes, even though Rotten Tomatoes shouldn't be something you should really base your, your viewing habits on because they have some movies that are just horrible, but they're great. (laughs) But you know, by by looking and I've seen all the movies, I mean, like, the best movies in the Die Hard series right now are Die Hard 1, which which runs at about 87%, which is wow. crazy. That's really good. Yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes. And then you have Live Free or Die Hard with Justin Long, which is hanging around 82. Huh. That was a very well-received film then, I guess. Yeah, it I was. Think that, I think that's the other one I saw. It. I didn't. I didn't particularly like it. I thought it was a good movie. I mean, I thought it was hilarious that they had to fight a helicopter, but that was my opinion. I mean, who knows? No, it was uh, a jet. helicopter. They were fighting a jet. And a helicopter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> you know what? I, Are they all together in a streaming service or something? Because now I got to binge watch them. So <laughs> I don't know. I think we got to see the server. They're on the server. I got to look for them on the server. But either way. But in any case, I mean, for all intents and purposes, yes, we've decided. This is a movie worth watching. It's a movie of to course. listen to. It's Most a movie definitely. to look at. I mean, for sure, we got to make sure we're all about that. So, uh, Bruce Willis, good on you, dude. Good on you for... Oh, for second purposes, um, you know what's funny? Little tidbit of, of information. Do you know who was the director of photography, gentlemen? No. I, that's my answer to that question. The great action director of the 90s, Jan DeBont. Whoa! Okay, I didn't know that. That's funny. That's really good. Yeah, he, do you know? Do you know what he directed, Derek? Uh, no, I don't even know who that is. 
Jan Devant directed Twister. He directed the t- the first two Speed movies. I mean, he's he's like one of those '90s action directors that that just did amazing shit. <laughs> so. And he cut his teeth with this film, you might argue, or at least one of them, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this first one. He was a director of photography for this first one, you know, and he was the first, you know, he was the first action director to use that helicopter with that moving camera that they would put on the front of the helicopters for um, like the action scenes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it was like it was like uh, it was like on a gyroscope, and he used it for Twister. So it was just it's just one of those things, man. I mean, he's this movie. It moved this movie built a lot of different careers, dude. I mean, it, you know, it, it's hard to 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 not say the effect this movie had on the motion picture industry as a whole after it came out, which is strange considering that it's, you know, to save it first from Elias, it's an 80s paqueta movie. I mean, it totally is one of those quintessential 80s motion pictures, but it kind of threw everything for a loop when it came out. So it's a great thing. It's a great thing. So, uh, this is the point in the show where we discuss our top shelf. And Goody, I have a good one for you, but I'm going to take my last because I think as a historian, you will enjoy what I have as a top shelf. Historian, master's degree owning historian. Um, uh, but I'm going to say mine last. But gentlemen, Derek, what's your top shelf for the week, sir? So um, I, I've got uh, two of them that I wanted to to, to kind of shout out. Um, the first one is, you know, we all understand some of the complex things that are happening in the world right now, and we might need a little bit of uplifting, a um, little bit of a brightness in our day. And Taika Waititi, I think we've already talked about how much we enjoy some of the things he's been doing lately. Great person. Love the guy. Yeah, I mean. Amazing, I mean, amazing individual. So he it popped up on my YouTube feed. There is a YouTube channel out there um, under the name Official Roll Doll, and I'll spell that. So R-O-A-L-D-D-A-H-L. Like the, and like the author. I, probably, right? Yes, yeah, the but author. Yeah. He, Taika Waititi, is doing like children's books read-alongs with other celebrities on there, and he kind of acts and makes it fun. Um, Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth, Meryl Streep, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, Kate Blanchett, and Taika Waititi all together reading through books for kids. I, it seems like for kids. That's um, awesome, dude. It's it's so cool. They're, they're long form, so they're like 17, 20 minutes, something like that on YouTube. Check it out on YouTube if you want to just kind of read along. And it's funny because you get to kind of see these actors and actresses who are, you know, kind of larger than life in film. But whenever they're just reading you a book, you're just sitting next to them like they're, you know, somebody at a coffee shop. That's one thing that I've loved. And, you know, and just to give you an understanding, that's one thing that I've loved during this whole situation, you know, with us dealing with the pandemic and everything. And I'm not trying to bring it down in any case, but that's one thing that I've loved that's come out of this whole situation is that. You know, people who were quote unquote celebrities, quote unquote, you know, for real, like Josh Gad, he's been having these great shows called Reunited, Reunited Together. That's what he calls them. And he's bringing back, he's contacting like celebrities from movies that he grew up with, you know, you know, that he loved as a child. And he's bringing them back for a show 
to discuss the motion picture and, and you know what they experienced as they when they were kids. Like he did one for the Goonies. He brought back the Goonies, you know, for an episode, and then he brought back everybody from Back to the Future for another episode. So I mean it's I mean this whole situation, you know, not to be a bleeding heart of any kind or what people will consider a bleeding heart. I think with the situation that we're in now in the world, I mean it's 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 amazing that there people are doing this. You know what I mean? There's there's just little ways to to kind of brighten your day, even if you know maybe maybe the stuff that's going on in the world isn't impacting you personally or anyone around you, but you know you're stuck at home and you're trying to find ways to keep positive. It's kind of a nice little ray of sunshine. Um, I did want to mention though that I mean that's kind of half of a top shelf in my book because it's a YouTube video that may not, you know, stay up forever or may not, you know, continue on. They may, they may not do it forever. Um, so I wanted to go more traditional with a, a TV show that I hold near and dear to my heart. I've always loved this show. I will rewatch all three seasons constantly. There's a show called Departures. Um, it was filmed a while back. I want to say it was from like the, maybe around 2008, 2009, they started releasing these episodes and it's these two guys and a cameraman who travel the world. They basically drop everything to just travel the world and take in other cultures from all across the globe. And it's not political. It's not satire. It's not rude or it's not anything kind of um, edgy. It's just let's experience this country for what it has. And it's always so insightful whenever you get to see, you know, they'll go into some I don't know, the, the middle of the, the desert somewhere or, or you know, the, the Siberian, you know, landscape of Russia and they meet people who live in that climate and just, you know, herd sheep or, you know, make something. And it was just a really good show. They have fun. They explore. There's three seasons of it out there. They finished it all now, but um, the two... Uh, people who came up with it and one of the other cast members are also very active on Twitter. You can even message them and they'll, you know, they're out there. They, they, they still interact with the fans. So check it out. It's called Departures. There's three seasons of it and they go all over the world. Where can you find it? Um, so it's kind of hard to find if you don't know where to look. Um, the, I noticed the other day that, um, y- you know, whenever you sign up for a, like a library card at your local library, sometimes they will be like, online content you can stream or check out or whatever digitally. Like it's kind of like a, a free version of Netflix out there. It's on there. Yeah. It's it's okay. on um, two different ones that are free out there. Um, but you have to have a library card to get access to it. So you find a local library, sign up for a free library card, and they'll tell you the online content you get access to. And they're in there now because it's very much so um, like safe for kids, safe for students, safe for school to watch which i mean just shout out to libraries and all that like that's one of those services that people don't really know about a lot like you can that when you get a library card there's all kinds of digital content they have there are lots of ebooks from different ebook services and and movies and digital like it's it, there's a lot of stuff that libraries offer now that Word. you can get it's really awesome it's really really awesome so yeah support your public libraries I think, really? it's called, yeah, no, that, I think it's called Loop or something like that. But the, the point is, you go into a library, they will tell you, hey, you get access to all the books and all the DVDs we have in here. But we also have this online content that you can go home, download the app, set up a free account and watch it. And it's it's not always, you know, uh, I mean, it's not like Netflix where, you know, you're going to get 
4K streams of the same movie forever because they own it. You know, the movies change out in the library system pretty regularly. But I mean, check it out. It's a great show. Good option. Um, You can still buy the DVDs and Blu-rays on their website. I loved it so much that I bought the Blu-rays after they re-released it on Blu-ray. And it was worth every penny. Cool, good job, man. That sounds like a good pick. I'm gonna have to look that up. That looks actually, that actually sounds really, really good. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in watching it. But, uh, Goody, what's your top shelf, Goody? All right, uh, I have a bit of another two for myself. Um, one is a show I'm watching currently that I'm actually about to finish. So, but I really, really enjoyed it. it kind of caught me by surprise. And uh, another one is a game I'm playing, of course. Uh, so I've decided that when it comes to my PlayStation gaming. Uh, I'm really Yakuza? Gonna tr- Are you going to say Yakuza again? No, 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 no. If you no, say no. Yakuza, we're going to drop you from this, from this show. No, right no, 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 no. I wouldn't because- be upset at all. I just expect it. No, it's not Yakuza. <laughs> it's not Yakuza. But I'm gonna, I'll get back to that eventually. But um, no, I've decided that I am really going to try to um, get through Assassin's Creed, the games I have, which I have a lot of them um, that I never got through. So... Uh, and it's one of those that's kind of difficult because... Just like you're going to go through your Yakuza? I'm waiting for you well, to go through Yakuza. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you know what? Um, so stop. <laughs> just stop. So with Assassin's Creed, so it's, it's become a thing for me. Like right now, I am just trying to finish Black Flag, right? Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. So I can get to then Unity, which someone said a great way to play that game is, since it takes place in the French Revolution, play it with the uh, French you know, voiceover, the voice acting and have it subtitled. And it's like experiencing and being immersed in kind of a foreign film. So I'm going to do that. Um, and then I'll, basically I want to get through the games. And so it's one of those, it's hard for me because I want to do all the side quests. I want to upgrade all my stuff, but I also know that that's, what's going to distract me from getting to the main story. So it's become like an internal struggle of mine to just focus on story-based missions so I can finish the story and then move on to the next game in the series so that's my but that's what i'm into right I now i can only imagine how much of a struggle it is for you it actually is because i'm like I i'm like it's a struggle for you because just so everyone knows when we were we were <laughs> before i got married and we were living in my mom's house my brother goody played uh final fantasy 7 which is the classic final fantasy rpg game. game don't try classic. to knock it i'm not gonna knock it i'm not gonna knock it but goody i went through the game the way I always do, I just do enough to make sure I get through the game. But Goody wants to just take care of everything on the outside. He wants to make sure he has the highest level He's he can. He's a completionist. That's what I do. That's the reason I'm like 500 yeah. hours into Zelda right now. And I'm still I just not want to get through. I just want to get through the fucking game, but he wants to complete the game a hundred percent. He wants to make sure that, you know, and it's just, and it's funny because growing up, it would just be like, good, just do it. You, you got enough. You can beat the game. Nah, no, 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 no. Oh, I have to make sure. My no, no, no. I have to make sure I breed the golden chocobo. Exactly. So I can use it in the chocobo races. Dude, Final <laughs> Fantasy is no joke. Like to beat the game at eh, 45, maybe 60 hours to get a hundred percent, 500, 600 hours. No, and so he wants to get the golden chocobo, and I'm like, Goody, who the fuck cares about the golden chocobo? You want to beat the game? Beat the game? No, 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 no. I gotta beat the golden game with the chocobo. golden chocobo. There is a reason they put that hundred percent counter in there, dude. If I, if if you I don't do it, and it doesn't count. So, if I, the point is, I, I gotta, I'm gonna get it through because it's harder to get that done now that you know you're older, you've got a job, you're married, you have children and stuff like that. So, and because I want to get to, I want to get Valhalla, and I, but I also want to experience all these. You know, I mean, Unity 
is such a be- is so such a much better game now than it was when it was released. I've been I've seen them over and over again. I want to get the Unity. I want to go through Syndicate, and I want to experience you know Victorian England in 1860. So, so yeah, that's my top shelf in the video game right now. I'm getting my way through Black Flag. Yes, I still get distracted. I go off harpooning, you know, great white sharks or whales or whatever because I can. I'm what like, kind of an asshole are you? I think we're gonna have to. I mean, Greenpeace. I apologize for him. Uh, the game takes place in the early 1700s. Whales yeah, are not yeah, a problem. Whaling wasn't an issue then, but no, I, I, I support you. Uh, now is a better time than any other to go and try and complete things. Matter of fact, you're inspiring me to go back to Zelda rather than once a week. Maybe I need to log a couple hours every night. Who knows? Maybe you do it right now. Like just yeah. So right, yeah, guys, I'll catch you later. Bye. <laughs> FYI, guys. FYI, FYI. Just so you guys know, I've already beaten the game. So I mean, who's the winner? Me. I'm the winner. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Black Flag. I'm trying to get through so I can then get through. You know, Syndicate, Unity, um, Origins, Odyssey, so I can you know maybe be ready for Valhalla whenever that comes out. Anyway, whatever. So I'm trying, and I want to experience the storyline because I want to hear the storyline. So. Yeah, Assassin's Creed Black Flag is one thing. By the top shelf, the TV show I'm talking about, um, which is kind of, I guess, someone saying it's a hot show. I don't know. On Amazon, it's the show Upload. Uh, oh, dude, I saw oh, that. Yeah. Such a good show. I The thing was that I saw the preview for it, and I, and, I, I, and I was like, all right, cool. It's a cool concept. I mean, it's right up my alley. I love it. It's a great concept, you know, 2030s, and, you know, upload your afterlife. It's kind of a cool concept. But for some reason, and I can't remember if this was – made clear in the in the trailer or not that I saw for and you guys can tell me but I did not expect how funny that show is like I was surprised by how I don't know I really liked the comedy in that show like it was so Dude, it, was, so it was so well done and like it wasn't so the comedy in that show and the writing and just and Robbie Amell like I really like him he's really good in that show Robbie Amell, I mean it's it's just it's a funny show it's really funny it, it, it kind of reminds me of like I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, Idiocracy, the Mike Judge yeah. movie uh, Idiocracy. Yeah. It's like that is the world 200 years from now or whatever, however, however long it was. We're living it now. So. But, well, but, but like, no, we're not. We're not. We really are not. Don't, don't exaggerate. But what I think, is, what I think hey, is funny is that We're not watering like, the crops with Gatorade yet. Yeah, we're not. But, 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 the way they, but the way they have like that show with like Oscar Mayer Intel and Google Motors, like you kind of see how like that's the world that it's going to become the idiocracy world down the line, but this is just, you know, before it got that far. Like it, it, it makes me a, feel like it was a kind of a, a, a tonal, there's a tonal connection there for me. So yeah, uploaded. The, the comedy is really good. It's really, it's delivered really well. It's not, uh, as, as some people might say, un pujo, or it's not, it's not like forced. It's really good. So yeah, upload is like what I'm into right now. I really like it a lot. It's, I'm probably going to finish it tonight. So I, is, I, was, is, I was debating on watching that show. And it's I'm worth curious. It's is, worth, it, is it at all tech related or is it more focused on the comedic interactings? It's what do you mean by tech related? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, well, you know what? I, actually, what I, you know what? Forget I asked that question. Here's what it is because the whole concept of it is that like your consciousness is digitally uploaded to whatever, um, you know, afterlife you've been paying for, or you can pay for there's a lot of tech things in there that translate to that, that like you see in that show, for example, like in that one company's after, cause there's several different afterlives depending on, you know, what company you're using and what you paid for. Or um, how, much, how much you want to spend because yes. it's also depending 
it's also there's also kind of a class system that exists in it as well. Well, yes, and that's what the point it is. Where like you like let's say you're there's a whole group of people like in the, the main character where there's a section of the hotel where they're called the people the two gigs, and where spoilers, all you spoilers, spoilers spoilers oh all right well yes well okay one okay one funny sight gag I'll say it now um, which is not spoilery but it's it, it kind of is tech related if you will where you will there's a part where the character is being explained how things run in this resort kind of afterlife thing he's living in and then one character points out look at the lake there's like a million people out there in the lake but you as a person only ex- you only see the five floors like above and below you so like there's like 10,000 floors in this um virtual afterlife but you only see the five floors above and below. So it never looks like there's like a million or 2 million or 3 million people mm. in that resort with you. It never, doesn't look congested. But what's funny is because so many people might go to a particular spot in the resort, the guy points it out. He goes, look at the lake. There's like a million people there right now. And that's why you see people, if you're watching it, people lagging, like a guy diving in, but he's like, he's like stuttering as he's diving into the lake because of all the bandwidth being sucked up by all the people at the lake, just consuming all the, the data I mean, in that one just, spot. It's, it sounds like there's so yeah. many, yep. there are so many little things in that show yeah. that it's, yeah, just, it's, funny. it's just so funny. It's crazy. It's crazy. Good pick. That's a good pick. I was thinking about that for one of these, uh, one of the top shows, but I'm so glad you started watching it. Yeah. So it's, it's, really it's it, it, so to answer your question, like, yeah, there is a bit of a, a tech little funny, you see little tech things kind of, you know, it's in the it's in the future. It's in the 2030s, but those are still problems they're dealing I mean, with. Spoiler spoiler alert! They, they, there's a part where they go to the dark web, which is fucking great. Yes, the dark web scene is phenomenal. <laughs> it's so funny. It's hilarious, dude. You need to watch it, Derek. It's really worth. Yeah, it. you've convinced. If anyone, me. Out, if anyone listening it. has never seen it, watch it. Sit down and start binging it. It's worth the binge. Yeah, it's fun. it is worth. It's really fun. That's a good choice, good choice. Okay, so for me, guys, I also have a twofer. Uh, one, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. It's it's not really like nothing new um, for the first one. For the first second one, I, I want to talk about a little bit uh, crazy. But for the first for the first one, um, I, I it, I've been rewatching all the Rick and Morty episodes because it just came out with uh, season four. Yes. Oh my god, dude! I forgot how funny that show and how crazy the show is. I mean, I've just been living in Rick and Morty world for the last like week, and it's been so fantastic. I mean, everything that having to do. My favorite scene always is that one scene where they get into the car and into his into his flying ship, and then Rick goes, "Fuck!" Yeah, they break down. Oh, they break down instantly. We know that was gonna happen. I was like, no, I had no complete control over whatever. That was all pure luck. It's fucking crazy. I had no idea she was gonna happen. You know, it was just it, all that whole show is so good, and I love how. And then something that I realized watching the show now is the growth of Morty, and also the growth of Rick. You know, because I I remember listening before I started watching the show. I remember listening to. Um, Kevin Smith talk about it where he said that, you know, Rick Sanchez is, you know, strangely enough, he may seem like an asshole, but you can see that he's an asshole. He, he's hiding. He tries to hide behind the alcohol. The alcoholism is a way for him to deal with his past mistakes. And you can see that in the show where he's, where he's trying to deal with the past mistakes that he has with his daughter with his family, and he's trying to make up for lost time. But he doesn't know how to 
how to work that into him being a scientist and looking at the world in a pragmatic view or the universe in a pragmatic view because he was gone for so long. I mean, we don't see it because the show starts off, he's living with his wife, his daughter in his daughter's house, but you can see that him being there after so long is has an effect on the family as a whole. So you wonder what was that family dynamic like before Rick showed up? So it's just there's a lot of different things and a lot of different layers to the show that people don't understand. They think, oh, it's fucking cool. They say bad words and there's violence. I mean, he you see intestines every time you can yeah. whenever he's messing around. But there's a layer to the show where you have, you know, issues that are sitting there that are not being addressed between Rick and Beth that are coming out. That show can really get as deep as you want it or as shallow as you want it. And I think that's one of the reasons that it's got such a wide appeal. Yeah, for real. And I mean, it's great because, you know, they did episode, they did season four, but you know how many episodes they got locked in for, right? With Cartoon Network? It was like 70 or something like that, right? Yeah. So they have, so if they're doing 10 episodes a season, we got another seven seasons, six seasons left on the show. Six and a half seasons, 75 episodes. You hear me complain, man. That show is a, is a blessing. It's, it's to amazing. Us all. I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 if you haven't seen Rick and Morty, you know, it may not be for most people. But if you want to see a show that actually has, a lot of different layers to it and can give you, you know, certain aspects of a family dynamic. And plus the growth, like I said, the growth of Morty. Well, Morty doesn't take shit from Rick now. He's just like, what is your fucking problem? You're a fucking asshole, Rick. You promised me this. Like he demands stuff now where in the previous seasons, he just kind of went for the ride and just kind of did whatever Rick told him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just yeah. one of those things where where you can see the growth of the character, which you don't see a lot in animation. You know what I mean? They kind of just keep going, but with Rick and Morty, you see the growth, which is fantastic. So I think it's great. And for the second part of the two for Goody, this is what I'm talking about, Goody. What's up? <laughs> so I have been watching Last Kingdom on Netflix. Have you guys seen Last Kingdom? Mm, no, I don't think so. Goody, you need to watch Last Kingdom because it's right up your alley. So Last Kingdom is a show that I started watching a few years ago and I saw the first season, which was fantastic. It's great. And they're up to four seasons because I just never got a chance to go back to it. But now I'm back in it and I'm in the middle of the third season. We already have the fourth season that just came out a few weeks ago. And so what the story is of the, of the Last Kingdom is it's the story of the... I, I mean, Goody knows more than I do because he's a historian. He's got a master's degree. And he does AP history for his school. But it's in regards, it's the story of the Danes invading England. It's the battle between the Saxons and the Danes, Goody. Yeah. Okay. The main character is, a, is somebody who actually existed in real life. Of course, the, the show is going to be, of course, there's an artistic license. But the main characters of the show are Uhtred of Bebenburg which actually existed and King and Alfred, the great of Wessex. Mm. All right. It sounds like I do remember they're, they're watching I remember the, uh, the Valhalla plot line. Yeah. So it's really exactly. That's what I thought. Goody. Cause it's Valhalla plot line. So, so the whole thing with the show is that you have this character called Uhtred of Bebenberg. The show starts off with the Danes 
um, killing his father, who was the Earl of Bebenburg. Okay, and he and he's the alderman for Wessex, but he's the Earl of Bebenburg, and he's killed because he's betrayed by his uncle, who's the brother, and the Danes take kill his father, take him and enslave him, and he grows up in the Danish lifestyle. But with the process that you see in a lot of things back in that time period, people come in as slaves, but they can actually grow out of that position. You know, not to be too biblical, but you have examples like Joseph in the book of Genesis, where you are in, and you know, you know, where he will grow from being a slave to being second in command to the Pharaoh. So you have somebody who was a slave who ended up being a son of his Danish. I guess you could say owner, per se, quote unquote owner. I'm doing mm, air quotes here. Okay, okay. But but he and, and that in that process he becomes a brother of that guy's son. So he's considered he's he's called Uhtred Ragnarsson because that was his name in the family when his real name is Osbert of Bebenberg. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of crazy. And so I mean, even though he is and he's Bebenberg, which means he's Northumbrian, FYI. So it's just it's this whole aspect where he becomes this mythical hero for Alfred. He's like his 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 oathman and what he has to deal with through the process. And so like I said, I'm in the middle of the third season, which is looking to be very good. And then they have a fourth season, which I haven't gotten to yet, which is I'm in the process of getting through that. But I just think I mean it's a great show. It's a BBC show. It's also a Netflix show. And so they comes out in BBC and they show it on Netflix when it comes out after it's done on BBC. And so it's it's a really, 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 really good show. I mean, if anybody hasn't seen it before, I suggest you watch it. It's worth the time. All right. I guess I I'm will. down. I th- I'm, I'm looking at it now. I remember adding it to my watch list in Netflix. I don't think I ever got to it. Yeah, dude, it's worth it, man. But uh, for all those purposes, gentlemen, that is it. We've done our top shelves. We've done our movie. We've done our news. I think we've checked all the fucking boxes. So for that aspect, uh, I will have one thing to do, and that's sing happy birthday to Goody. Aww. This was his birthday episode. I'm going to do it like Marilyn Monroe, Goody. Oh, um, no. FYI. Can't FYI, wait. Goody. FYI, I'm naked. And oh, so. God. This is your. Oh, no. <laughs> happy birthday. This is the part where I check out. <laughs> Anyways, but no, this was Goody's birthday episode. Happy Goody. birthday, man! Happy birthday, Goody! Thank you're what you. you're like? You're forty now. Forty-one? Um, uh, no, I'm I'm thirty-nine. I'm thirty-nine. 39 you're forty, but you're forty now because this is a birthday. No, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, yeah, right, you're thirty-nine on the internet. Now I'm you're forty. Turning, I'm, yeah, I'm turning forty-one. Anyways, this year which is crazy. But yeah, but Goody, happy birthday! This Thank is you. your birthday episode. Goody. Thank you very Good much. So uh, for the next episode, since my birthday is coming up, I don't want to toot my own horn. Toot my horn. Um, um, next episode um, is E. And just like we've been doing, we were doing alphabetical order. So for the E episode, we will be doing the pseudo uh, sequel to Days and Confused because I want us to do a little bit of lighter. So we did action, so I want to do comedy. Um, we're going to do the... Uh, the uh, Richard Linklater uh, sleeper hit known as Everybody Wants Some, 
which is a great motion picture. I suggest you guys, everybody watch it if you can. Um, and we'll be recording that in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and show that. But, but in any case, shape or form, gentlemen, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for coming out with us. Everybody listening. I appreciate you, uh, for our social media handles. Derek, why don't you go ahead? Sure. You guys want to reach me? I'm on uh, Twitter, typically, under db underscore arrow, A-E-R-O. At me. Tell me what's up. Tell me how right I am about Star Wars or how wrong you are about anything else. And and for if you want to meet uh, and for myself, my Twitter handle is at Jubay. That's J U B is in boy, E is in Edward, I is in igloo seven nine. Or you can reach us, the group, the Motor Boys. I'm going to totally say it. Oh God, you know it's grown on me. I like it. It's, I like it. it's never going away now. I think it works. Motor Boys. Um, you can reach us on Instagram at Movies on the Rocks twenty twenty. Um, or uh, on our Gmail account, which is Movies on the Rocks 2020 at gmail.com. If you have any questions or if you want to just listen to us, go ahead. We're on, on all the uh, different podcasting platforms. Uh, subscribe, like, share. Let us know how we're doing. If you don't like us, great. If you do like us, that's awesome. Let us know how we're doing. And if we need to fix anything or if you feel like we should change something, let us know. Whether or not we do it is up to us because we can do whatever the fuck we want. Who cares? In any case, uh, gentlemen, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for uh, for coming out with us today. Everybody listening, thank you so much. And uh, for you know, like everything, like every episode, I'm gonna end it with a saying from the motion picture. Does anybody know what I'm gonna say? If you say it first, I'm gonna leave you alone with it. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! Oh yeah, that's Woo-hoo! all we can do. All right, peace up, Derek Bevel and Goody out. <laughs>